We want to welcome you to our weekly Bible study for May 20th, 2007. And today we're going to be covering some current events. You've, you've heard that uh, Reverend Jerry Falwell died this week. And I've been seeing a lot of accolades and praise of this particular situation going out for this man. And the Bible says that, that we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Today what we're going to be doing is looking at many different men within, I would call it pseudo-Christendom. Many different leaders that are influencing the absolute majority of people calling themselves Christians within the United States and in a lot of other countries. We're going to be looking at Timothy LaHaye of the Left Behind series, Gary Bauer, Bill Bright, Paul Crouch, Dr. James Dobson, Reverend Billy Graham, D Dr. G D. James Kennedy, Beverly LaHaye, Ralph Reed, Pat Robertson, Reverend James Robinson, Phyllis Schlafly, George Bush, Dr. Robert Schuler, the first and the second, and Reverend Jerry Falwell. And, and their ties to a Reverend Sung Young Moon, who started the Moonies cult. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. I have all this documented. In fact, it's been documented. It was documented. Uh, it's been documented through other ministries. And uh, I will, if you would like, if you don't believe this, or if you would like to have further confirmation, just email me. Uh, I'm going to actually be sending this this out, probably a, a word attachment with this audio to my email list, so that they can have all this information at their fingertips. And uh, my email address is on the sermons audio. Dot com site. It's drjohnson at the letter i, the letter x, dot net com, dot com. Now, I'm going to read some other preliminary verses that are rarely ever quoted in churches, modern day churches. I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying the majority of them. In regard to marking and calling out apostates and wolves in sheep's clothing, because it's not getting done. And because it's not getting done, the church is in the shape that it's in. Purely, really, that is one of the absolute main reasons that the church is in the shape it's in. Because there's been no judgment of sin that's went on in the church. Now the sin has infiltrated into the highest leadership positions, which is essentially where church should be, its foundation should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. But as far as a man goes, the foundation of the church also lies in the pastor as far as headship goes. Now his head should be Jesus Christ. But if the head has been corrupted, the whole body's sick as well. And that's why that's what's happened to the church. Psalms 94, 16 and 20 says, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? Well, we're seeing a lot of that right now. We're seeing a lot of laws being passed in America that are being framed by mischief. They're contradictory to the word of God. Now, the Bible says obey the law of the land. But if that law contradicts what the Bible says, well, then the Bible is to have preeminence. This is why all these hate crimes are going to be coming out, because the hate crimes are going to force that issue. 
the hate crimes are basically going to choose, make you as a Christian try to choose between which God will you serve this day. Are you going to just serve the law of the land because even though it's contradictory to the word of God? Because you're going to be put in that position most likely. I'm not telling people to go and break the law. But if the if what this government's telling you to do is contradictory to the word of God, you're going to have to make a decision. Period. Plain and simple. Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, Jesus had a lot of scathing rebukes in the Gospels. And the absolute vast majority of them were all targeted at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Who were the Pharisees and the Sadducees? The religious people of the Jews. Those were the ones... I mean, if you, if you talk about Jesus getting angry... Okay, did he get angry at the maniac at Ganardia, where where the guy was going through the cemeteries and he could break chains? And th- did he get angry at all the people that he was casting out demons on, or or, or Mary Magdalene, or harlots and stuff like that? Did, is that who he got angry at? No, he didn't get angry at those people. He got angry at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, calling them vipers, serpents, white and sepulchers full of dead man's bones, these types of things. Because he knew those people, just like today's modern day religious leaders, he knew those people had the impact and the influence on the people around them if they were doing it the godly way to help lead many people to heaven, to the Lord, and if they were doing it the ungodly way to take many people to hell. So it's really a matter of even more life and death. Because life and death, just in a temporal sense in this world, well, that's one thing. But where you spend eternity is another thing. I think that's why Jesus was so angry at them. Now, the Bible says that we're to put on the mind of Christ in the New Testament. It's not mentioned with the armor mentioned in Ephesians 6, the full armor of God. But it is, it is mentioned in the New Testament that we're to put on the mind of Christ. We're to have the mind of Christ in the way that we look at things. The ones that Jesus had the largest problems with, by far, the ones that he got angry with, by far, were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Those that were hirelings. Remember when he went into the temple and he overturned all the, all the money changers? They had turned his, the, the house of God into a den of thieves? Into a house of merchandise? Well, that's no different than what's going on today. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at that exact same thing. We're going to look at what was, what was the thing that made Jesus the most angry in his life. That I, could, that I think it's obvious if you just read the, the Gospels. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people that were wolves in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they were ravening wolves. Ministers of Satan appearing as angels of light, or appearing as ministers of righteousness. Let's look at some more verses. Titus 1, 15b and, and verse 16. Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. I know a lot of people like that. I'm not saying that because I think I'm so perfect and wonderful and sinless. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of people out there today that profess that they know God. Oh yes, I'm a Christian. I know God. But see, in works they deny Him. Now does that mean we're saved by works? No. 
We're not saved by works. You're saved by grace, through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Okay, so, but there should be works following. It's not works getting you to heaven. It's works after you get saved. Why? Because the, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within you and there should be fruit of that Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. These things, and there should be good works following. Okay, Not because you're trying to earn your way to heaven. It just should be a natural byproduct. It should be the fruit of that tree. That's why Jesus says, by their fruit you shall know them. So, going a little bit further, 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15 says, For such are false apostles, false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed into ministers of righteousness. They appear as ministers, ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, Jesus said in the Gospels that the earmark of the end times, the biggest warning he said was, Be not deceived. He said it over and over and over again, particularly in Matthew. Leave Matthew 24. So, the thing that we don't want to be is deceived in the day and time we're living in. Why did he say that? Because he knew deception would be rampant. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We can be deceived. The Bible says if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. That's the time we're living in. So, this should be the one thing, not just the one thing, but it should be one of the main things we're looking out for. 2 Peter 2, 17-19 said, These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. That's, hey, your modern prosperity preacher, Smiley Joe, Olsten, all these other guys, preaching their feel-good gospel, leaving sin out, leaving hell out. They allure through the lusts of the flesh. Send in your seed faith promise and, and you'll get this magic handkerchief. Oh, send it in and, and, and I know you'll be blessed. You'll, you'll receive a hundredfold. What's your motivation? Through much, wanton to, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from those who live in error. The Bible says you're supposed to escape from those that live in error. We're supposed to seek to do this. While they promise them liberty, these are these false apostles, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. So if you're overcome by a prosperity preacher, if you're overcome by a false person who says he's a man of God, but he's not, if you're overcome by that person, you're going to be brought into bondage, it says. You're going to be brought into bondage. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So when you trust in man, and you make flesh your arm, the next byproduct is your heart departs from the Lord. That's what happens. This is why we have to be so careful who we follow. And I'm telling you, just don't believe anything I arbitrarily say. Check me out. Examine me. For what I'm saying doesn't line up with the Word of God, then throw it out. Let me know, at least. 
we need to always be in a um, uh, an area where we can humble ourselves and admit we're wrong. Because once we get to the point where we don't admit that, which is where most of the, the absolute majority of most preachers are in this country, we become hardened. We become proud. And that pride blinds us. Just like it did to Satan when he fell. Because of his beauty, it says he was lifted up in Ezekiel. Pride corrupts you and it blinds you to the truth. You don't see it anymore. How often do you ever hear preachers get up from the pulpit and apologize for something that they did? Or something that they said? Or, or this things of this nature? It's very rare. It's very, very rare. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's just rare. It's almost as though they're above it all. Now, David was a man after God's own heart, and I saw him do a lot of crying in Psalms. I saw him do a lot of crying. I mean, I, he, he he humbled himself. Man of God. I mean, he, he was king over a kingdom. He, he had all these, and he still humbled himself. He was a man after God's own heart. Well, shouldn't that be, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the Bible saying that about any other man in the, in the, in the history of the Bible. Well, maybe, that's, maybe there's some attributes there we need to try to emulate. Now, I know David wasn't perfect. But, he was a man after God's own heart. God loved him. I mean, I, I believe there's an absolute, total, special place in heaven for David. I think you can bear that out in Scripture very easily. That's a whole other study, though. Jeremiah 5, 26-31 says, For among my people, this is God talking, for among my people, in today's day and age that would be Christians, are found wicked men, they lay wait as he that set a snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As, as a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Doesn't that remind you of a lot of the prosperity preachers? Therefore they are become great and waxen rich. That, some people would say, well, if, if they weren't blessed of God, they couldn't be rich. No, it says right here that the wicked can become great and wax rich when they catch men. When they're doing the most wicked thing on the planet, which would be condemning someone to hell, they can still become great and wax rich. The Bible says it's possible. Yea, they are, they are waxen fat, they shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the followers. Yet they prosper. And the right of the needy, do they not judge? Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? So, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Well, here we are. Judgment's coming to this nation. Guaranteed. Not to say he's not going to protect his remnant. But it's coming. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Oh, where, just turn on, turn on TBN. To hear the prophets prophesy falsely, to get your ears tickled. And the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. They love it. They love it. And what will you do in the end thereof? Colossians 2 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and deceit and vain deceit after the tradition of men. The Bible says that the that the um, tradition of God has made the or, the tradition of man has made the word of God of none effect. This is what we're seeing a lot today. We've thrown the Bible out and we're going by the tradition of men. 
And what it does is when you go by the tradition of men, it makes the word of God of none effect. Moving a little bit for, further, I'm just kind of picking and choosing because I can't, don't really have the time to read all these verses. Now, I believe that, I, I don't know if, if you could say I have a calling, it, it would be a watchman, okay? The Bible says in Ezekiel 33.6, it says, But if the watchman see the sword come. Now this is a sword, what we're talking about today, with these false preachers. This is a sword that's going to take a lot of people to hell, Okay? So there's no more deadly of a sword than a sword that can take you to hell. You know, it would be one thing to, to die physically if you're, if you're a Christian and, and you get saved and you go to heaven. Okay? That's not a bad deal. If you think about it. But it's another thing that if you're, if you're a pseudo-Christian deceived by these men and you're not even saved because you believed a false gospel, you haven't believed the gospel of the Bible, and you die in your sins and you go to hell and you burn forever, and then you get thrown in the lake of fire. That's a whole other sword to consider. That's a much more stern punishment. It says in Ezekiel 33.6, But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take away any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. Quite frankly, I don't want your blood required at my hand. I don't. And I don't think of anybody I don't think any of us would want that. The problem is is once you hear this information, now you're responsible for it. To whom to whom is much given, much is required. That's said in the New Testament. To whom much is given, much is required. So if you're listening to this, you know, you have a responsibility as well to warn other people. Not to sit back and say, Oh well I don't want I don't I'm I'm afraid I, I might be unpopular or whatever. You know, if that's your stance now, what, it's, what is it going to be like if you possibly face the guillotine? Or one of these, or who, who knows what's coming in this country? I know horrific things are coming. I'm not saying God's not going to preserve His remnant, but I'm just saying, I don't know what He might respectively call any of us to do. There was a lot of martyrs in Fox Book of Martyrs. Are we better than they? Are we better than the apostles? Are we better than Jesus Christ? Now, listen, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anyone else. I'm not saying I'm Mr. Martyr and I want to go and die and I'm so big and brave and bad. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, supernaturally, if that time would ever come, I believe you would have whatever it takes to get through that thing. And think about this. If that would be the worst case scenario, think about this. One second on the other side of martyrdom, is eternal peace forever and ever and ever. So that's really not to be compared with the present sufferings of this world as the Bible talks about. It's not really to be compared. So think about the good things in regard to that. Just don't dwell on the negative. Uh, oh no, I might have to suffer and this and that. But see, because that's not a faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seemed. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You have to have faith in order to get through the trials that are to come. That's why you got to be in the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want to increase your faith? Read the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Believe it. That's how you increase your faith. One of the ways, the main way. 
Jude 3 and 4 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. This is something we're supposed to do. Contend means to fight. We're supposed to fight for this faith. Whether that, whether that fight is unto death, that's up to God. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness. That would be like turning the grace of God into an excuse to live like the devil. Okay? This is what, we're, this is what we see in the modern day churches. Oh yeah. Yeah, I said that little prayer a long time ago. I've lived like the devil ever since, but my preacher said basically that was once I said the prayer, once saved, I always said I can live like the devil. Now, I'm not saying if you really got saved, you're still not saved. But if you really got saved, why is there no conviction of your life to not sin? Why isn't there any chastisement on your life if you're really saved, if you're one of his kids? Because the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. Chastening being like getting a spanking, punishment. Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if ye be without chastisement, ye are bastards. Bastard is an illegitimate son. So if you say you got saved by saying some little prayer, and you're living like the devil, and there's no... You're living, you're going along scot-free, no problem, no chastisement of God on your life, you didn't get saved. How could you be saved if there's no... I mean, I know when I have gotten out of the will of God, it has been Horrific. And again, I'm not saying that because I say I'm better. I'm saying that as a child of God, it's not just me. It would be any person who was saved gets out of the Lord's will. God will do whatever it takes to get you back on track. That's what He does. And it's normally not pleasant. But see, the valleys are where we grow. The valleys are where we lay down roots deep into the soil. But the valleys aren't the fun. The mountaintops are the fun part. But you don't lay down roots on a mountaintop. Do you see a lot of trees growing on a mountaintop? No. The good crops and, 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 and the things that are lush and that grow deep into the ground that, that, that have the roots down, that, that these, are, these are things that grow in the valley. And that's why the valleys, although they're, they're not fun, that's where you grow. That's where you lay down your roots. That's where you get your foundation set. Just a little analogy there, but I mean, I, I've lived it, so. Going further with this. Uh, okay, so we've, we've established these types of verses. Now, I'm just going to say a few more in regard to our judging other people. Especially the ones that call themselves Christians. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.15a, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus said in John 7.24, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So don't judge according to all these wonderful preachers up there in the pulpit that have, you know, look real nice and fancy. they got these big ministries. they got these all these gigantic churches. Don't judge according to that appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Look at their fruit. Look at what they're standing by. Is there how much compromise is in their life? When you hear this, judge not lest ye be judged, if you look at the context of that verse, it was purely in reference to a hypocrite. Jesus even said, ye hypocrite, in that parable. Because why? Because the man 
had had a beam in his own eye, he was judging a speck in his brothers. He had no right to judge in that situation. Now, if he had pulled the beam out of his own eye, then he could see to judge the speck in the others, and then it would be okay. But it's not like we want to go around self-righteously saying, oh, I'm better than him, and judging him so that we can feel better about ourselves, which is what most people do. They judge other people so they can feel better about themselves. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18 says, Now I beseech you therefore, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, we're supposed to mark them. Well, then name me some examples in the New Testament where they mark people by name. Okay, here's one. 2 Timothy 4.15 4, 14-15 Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil this is Paul talking the Lord reward him according to his works of whom be thou ware also of, of, in other words of, of whom be, be beware for he hath greatly withstood our words wasn't well, that what all these other modern prosperity preachers are doing they're withstanding the word of God they're not even using the right Bible the King James they're not even using the right Bible Just by virtue of that, they're greatly withstanding the Word of God. Because it's either the Word of God or it's not. There's no 200 versions in heaven and God's running around seeing which one you're quoting from. It's either the Word of God. The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. That's it. There's not 200 versions up in heaven. And God is not the author of confusion. But the devil is. 200 versions equal confusion. I think there's even more than that. Here's another verse. 2 Timothy 4.10 For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He marked him. Here's another one. Titus 1, 9-14 Holding fast the faithful word as it has been taught. For he may be able by sound doctrine This is how we're supposed to judge everything. By sound doctrine. This is why I quote so much scripture. Because I want to try to stay away from my opinion. Because my opinion is worthless and null and void if it contradicts the Word of God. It's all I ever get when I, when I correspond with people that, that, that basically um, try to dispute with me. All I ever get is their opinion. Who cares? There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You're trusting in your own heart. And the Bible says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, 26. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. But this says, holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Oh, that's where we're at now. Many unruly, vain talkers and deceivers. Especially they of the circumcision. Now, at the time, when you hear the word circumcision in the Bible, it's always in reference to the Jews. But what is that in reference to? That's in reference to the religious Jews. Unruly and vain talkers. Well, now what would be the modern day equivalent of that? The apostate, lukewarm church, uh, church leadership, essentially, that we have in this in this country and, and influencing the rest of the world. The guys that we're going to be talking about today. Whose mouths must be stopped. That's what the Bible says. It says their mouths must be stopped. Who subvert whole houses. Well, what do you think's happening when you're watching your, your TBM, Paul Crouch, Benny Hinn on TV? You think they're subverting whole houses? 
You think they're corrupting full houses of people? Oh, I just love that Benny Hinn. I give, I send all my money to him and I get all his books and oh, he's a real man of God. Give me a break. And again, if you have any questions about any particular man I bring up today, just email me and I'll get you the information. Whose mouth must be stopped. Now that's what the Word of God says. Who subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not. Why? For filthy lucre's sake. That means money. Filthy money. Blood money. The blood money of their soul. That's why they're doing it. Why? Because they're hirelings and they have no true love for the sheep. They're doing it for the money, man. That green stuff. The love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible even says of Satan when he fell, Lucifer when he fell, it says, by thy merchandise thou was corrupted. And because of his beauty, he was lifted up. But it also talks about his merchandise, which implies money. Now how that worked back in, when Lucifer fell, I'm not 100% sure. But the Bible says it. it's very clear in Ezekiel. Going back to this verse... Titus 1, 19-14 says, One of themselves, even a own prophet, even a prophet of their own said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. That means like lazy, slow bellies. It doesn't mean they digest their, their food slowly. Oh, sorry. A little humor there. This witness is true. Now, Paul's saying that the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. Oh, that's not very Christian. He can't say... Well, it's in the Word of God. Are we supposed to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned? Well, yeah, we are. It says that Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Demas has forsaken me for this present will. The Christians are always liars, slow bellies, evil beasts. Well, that sounds like marking to me. These are just three verses here. Then, it says, this witness is true. Rebuke them sharply, that they may be found sound in the faith. That's what we're supposed to do. Rebuke them sharply. Now, the Bible also says that when you see a brother overtaken an heir, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. So there's a time to do that. But if you have somebody that is just flat out apostate, evil... The Bible says a heretic after the second and third admonition reject. There's a time to go to them in the spirit of meekness and there's a time to go to them in the spirit of boldness and to rebuke them sharply. Why? That they may be found sound in the faith. There's a time to turn these ones over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 5. There's a time and a place for this. Just like the Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for sowing, there's a time for reaping, there's a time for love, these types of things. So we need to understand this. Then it says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and the commandments of men that turn from truth. Jewish fables. Well, there's a lot of people that nowadays that are giving heed to Jewish fables. Like in the Messianic Jewish movement, Christian Zionism and these types of things. John Hagee. Jewish fables. We're not supposed to go give heed to Jewish fables. And the commandments of men. Men. Not the Word of God. Stick to the Word of God. Why? Because they turn you from the truth. That's what the Bible says right here. And then I'll, I'll end it with this. 
Galatians 1, 6 through 10 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from that which, call, which called you under the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. This is what we're getting in all the churches mostly. It's another gospel. It's a, it's a perverted, watered-down gospel. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. They're perverting it. Don't you think if, if, if God is somewhere, the devil's going to always try to show up and pervert it? It's what he does. That's his job. But though we, or an angel, now Paul's talking about himself here. If, if I, and I say this stuff of myself as well, but if we are an angel from heaven, of course the angel would be, if, if it was an angel of, of, of heaven, it would be appearing as an angel of heaven. It wouldn't be a true angel of heaven. They wouldn't, they wouldn't preach a false gospel. But we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Oh, that's not nice. You can't do that. Oh yeah, you can. The Bible says, let him be accursed. I'm not saying we're supposed to go around and curse other people. Okay, I'm not saying that. But the Bible says, let him be accursed. Let it just be so. As we said before, so, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then then that ye have received, let him be accursed. He says it twice. Rarely in scripture will you see something repeated twice, unless it's really wanting to be emphasized. So it's obviously very important. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. He that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. He that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Wow, that would be really bad for a lot of the prosperity preachers nowadays because they're accepted by the world just as well. And then Jeremiah 48.10 says, Cursed be he that doeth the, the work of the Lord deceitfully. You ever hear that verse? Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. That's what we have going on in this modern day church. Okay, I'm going to end there because I've got so much to cover. Well, I just had a question in, in regard to... The other day, for instance, I sent out an email in regard to Paul Crouch that we're going we're gonna to look at this email. And preacher came back to me and said, Touch not thou God's anointed. You know, you better really be careful what you're saying. You know something? The Bible says, by their fruit, ye shall know them. We're going to look at Paul Crouch today. We're going to look at his fruit. Okay? We're going to look at the obvious things that are going on in, in that man's life. He's not anointed of God. In fact, I don't believe any of these preachers are. They've sold out. They're 501c3 corporations that, have, that are sold out. They're, they're in it for the filthy lucre. They're in it for the glory and the fame and the praise of men. Just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were in Jesus' day. Touch not thou God's anointed? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that verse at all. Show me God's anointed in the modern day televangelist pulpit or even in most of the churches. Show me ones that aren't a hireling. Show me the ones that are really taking a stand on the, on the King James Bible and separating themselves and, and practicing church discipline like they should be in the church. That don't have the Christian rock. That don't have all the worldliness. That don't have all the compromise. That don't have the 501c3 organizations that are set up to please the IRS so that people can write these things off on their taxes. When the Bible says, when you give, let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing. 
Show me the ones that take a real stance on the King James Bible. Now, if you could show me somebody that was doing all that together, I would say, yeah, don't mess with that guy. Touch not thou, you know. Problem is, I don't, I don't see it anywhere hardly. Not saying, I'm not saying ever, but, but rarely, rarely. So, now we're actually going to get into this presentation, okay? And I'm going to try to get through this as best I can. It's a lot of information, but it's, it's, it's crucial. This is information, this is an email, this is a study that you could email to somebody that would cover so many different things about apostate preachers, you could just cover a lot of ground. And um, most of this information, it's a compilation, it's referenced information. Uh, in fact, I'll even send you this, this article. Uh, most of this information was was compiled through David Bay at Cutting Edge. And you could say all you want to about David Bay, but there's not a ministry that I know of on the internet that puts things together better than Cutting Edge. Now, a lot of their articles, if you click on them, they will take you to the site, and it's a it's a subscription site. I don't know, it's like twenty or twenty five dollars a year to get. The, and I'm telling you, it's worth the money. I do not agree with David Bain regarding the King James Bible. Okay, I don't direct people to him for that. Okay, but I'm telling you, I don't know of another ministry that ties things better together than David Bain's ministry. So a lot, of, you know, I I just be flat out honest. Again, when you see this information presented today, it's not all from David Bay. I, I, I did compile this, but it is referenced, and I'm not going to I'm not going to um, cite every single reference, but they're there. Okay. Starting off, Reverend Moon. Now, this is Reverend Sung Young Moon that started the Moonies Church. You know, the Moonies, the cult. Did you know that he was crowned Messiah and Savior of the Earth? in Washington, D.C. on March 23rd, 2004 in the Dirksen Senate Office Building in Washington, D.C. Did you know that? Because he was. I can email you the invita- I can email you the invitations. I'm looking at a picture right now of this man with a crown on. When he was crowned. I'm looking at it. It's in this, it's in this article. Scores of Christian leaders, as well as several U.S. Senators and Representatives, met for this very special occasion. Southern Baptist leaders were on hand, as were Trinity Broadcasts, President Paul Crouch, Reverend Jerry Falwell, Reverend Robert Schuler. Why would we call anybody Reverend? The only one that's Reverend that we should give reverence to is God. That's it. Reverend, show me that title in the Bible one time. It's not in there. Oh, it is? Oh, about God. Yeah, it's, it's about God. Not about a man. What right do we have to take on that title? How would an abomination be a straight... I, I'd be afraid if I took that title, I'd be struck dead by God. Reverend Robert Schuler, Kenneth Copeland, Pat Boone, stalwart of the faith, and many others... Moon claims Jesus failed on his mission to earth. But Reverend Moon has not failed. He said Jesus failed. All these men were there to honor him and put a stinking crown on his head. There was a representative. His name was Danny something. He was, he was a black man. I, I, 
I, the picture's not in this pr- particular one, but I, I remember the picture of him with the crown on this white pillow. He was walking up the steps to give it to this guy. He was a representative from, from uh, this country at this thing, this coronation. This is one of the largest smoking guns and flagrant moves ever made and condoned by the U.S. mainstream Christian figures and politicians. This is not my opinion, but based on factual evidence. I have proved numerous unrelated... I have proved from numerous unrelated links... That links within this article, in other words, website links, from both Christian and secular sources that both... and both are coming to the same conclusion. The ceremony proclaimed the re- revitalization of the United Nations and the beginning of a new era of global governance. That's what this was all about. Incredibly, this event was not reported in any mainline news at at the time and has only been recently revealed. Now, this is an email that I sent out quite a while ago. What I did is I've retooled it. I put a little more uh, modern information in there, updated information. Because with the with the passing of Reverend Falwell this week, I thought it would be an appropriate time to look at this information. Reverend Moon. Now this is this is entitled um, Reverend Moon declared to be the Messiah and Savior of the World at the ceremony in the U.S. Capitol. I have the link here. You can go to on the Cutting Edge site. Reverend Moon, a John the Baptist for the Antichrist, which is basically what he is. He's he's the lone demonic. No, he's not the lone. But he's one of the demonic voices crying out in the wilderness of sin. That's <laughs> what he is. This is from a uh, news brief. Reverend Moon holds coronation at the Capitol. Now this is World Daily Net that reported this, June 14, 2004. Religious leaders said he's here to save the world's 6 billion people. That's why he's here. He's, he's here to save everybody. Dressed in a floor-length cape, the Reverend Sung Young Moon was dubbed the King of Peace at a coronation ceremony in the Dirksen Senate office building attended by several members of Congress and other religious leaders. Moon is the founder of the Unification Church, currently known as the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. Now remember, he's the head of the Unification Church. What's he trying to unify? All the religions, particularly the apostate (coughs) Christian religious sects out there. He's trying to bring them all under one thing. Why? Because to have the one world religion of the Antichrist system. But the Bible talks about a revelation. The religious leader, sounding like a self-proclaimed Messiah, is quoted as saying, quote, in the context of heaven's providence, I am God's ambassador, sent to earth with his full authority. I am sent to accomplish his command to save the world's six billion people, restoring them to heaven with the original goodness in which they were created. Oh, isn't that always a lie from the pit of hell? Oh, the original goodness. Well, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for we are all together as an unclean thing, that our righteousness are as filthy rags. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, they shed blood. That's all we are. But see, the New Age lie is always, oh, you're, you're basically a good person. We're, we're, we're just here to, to, to bring that out and to, and, to, and to take you to the next level in your, in your stage of evolution. Now, the Washington Post also carried the story front page. Now, just so happens that Reverend Moon owns the Washington Post. Did you know that? He owns the Washington Post. Go up on his website. I went up on there. Was it the Times? Washington Times? Go up on his website. 
becomes the Washington Times. And you'll see all the the sponsored thing and ever, everything else. I went up on his website the other night just just to confirm it. Uh, we we just we we had to pause it for a second, and uh, we were talking about the unbelievable influence this Sun Young Moon has. Um, we we in this small Bible study we have, we all come from uh, uh, different backgrounds, and uh, um, <laughs> one of our, one of our members, Doug, he was ta- relating a story to me about uh, he was um, you you remember a political action committee, and um, that there was a um, a time when when they were invited was it to Washington D.C. and basically this Reverend Moon put on the whole thing uh, his organizations and it was th- what three days and three nights and the most lavish uh, accommodations you could imagine the finest food all of it was 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 paid for totally paid for by this Reverend Song Young Moon so see what I'm make what I'm talking about here is not made up and the influence this man has in um, among what we would call conservative Christians is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, but just talk about... Imagine all that you would have to ignore in regard to this man in order to embrace, you know... I mean, there's a lot you'd have to really throw throw out and ignore to, um, you know, to, to have any kind of unity with this man. Uh, it's not, as, as, as Doug said, it's not them, like Mooney, showing up at... Uh, airports passing out flowers. This is way, 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 way beyond that. This man wields tons of influence. And and he owns the Washington Times, which is one of the, you know, considered more conservative type of, of, of uh, papers. And this is very serious, what we're talking about here. And the links that this man has to virtually all of the top brass in Christianity... And I mean the top televangelists, the top people that, that... And we're going to talk about these guys by name. The link is undeniable. Absolutely undeniable. Here's, a, uh, here's another article. Another quote from um, Charles Babington of the Washington Post staff writers. Okay, This was June 23, 2004, page A01. Reverend Moon honored at Hill Reception. Quote, more than a dozen lawmakers attended a congressional reception in this year's honoring the Reverend Song Young Moon in which Moon declared himself as the Messiah and said his teachings have helped Hitler and Stalin be reborn as new persons. Do you stinking believe... Now this is a secular newspaper reporting this. Hitler and Stalin, you'd think the guy would try to be a little more low-key if he wanted to have some kind of credibility. But you know something that really doesn't matter as long as he's putting out that money. He could be as nutty as they want, because they'll honor him. How disgusting. So he had, he helped Hitler and Stalin be born as new person. I guess this was beyond the grave. He helped them be, what did he, what did he conjure them up from, from hell? And uh, convert them? That's what almost they're implying here. At March 23rd ceremony in Dirksen Senate office building, Representative Danny K. Davis of Illinois wore white gloves and carried a pillow holding an ornate crown that was placed on Moon's head. Now hold on, I've already quoted three sources saying this is the same thing that happened. I'm not making this stuff up. The Korean-born businessman and religious leader then delivered a long speech saying he was sent to earth to save the world six billion people. Emperors, kings, and presidents have declared all heaven and earth 
had have declared to all heaven and earth that the Reverend Sung Young Moon is none other than humanity's Savior, Messiah, returning Lord, and true parent. He ain't my parent. The event's organizers flew in nearly 100 honorees from all 50 states to receive state and national peace awards. See, he makes you feel all nice and good. He, he, he brings you in, he pays for everything, everything's top-notch, finest hotels, finest food, and then he throws a, an award in on top of it. So you have all that, that, that you know, the, the, the nice good and fuzzy feeling. The International Crown of Peace Awards went to Moon and his wife. Crown of Peace. The opening speech was given by Baptist minister. Oh, he must be so proud. Baptist minister Walter Fontroy, another speaker, apologized to all Native Americans for the veil of tears through which our American ancestors forced them to past. He said, you see, reconciliation among all peoples is the recurring theme of this ceremony. See, it's about unification of everything. Doesn't matter. Doctrine's thrown out the window. It's not about that. It's about unification at all costs. So we can have a one-world religion, a one-world government, a one-world currency, a one-world political system. Under the Antichrist. Then a Jewish rabbi proclaimed that a miracle of religious unification had occurred at the meeting and blew his shofar horn. You see a lot of that in modern-day Pentecostalism. Blowing your shofar. Hey, I, I was one of those Pentecostals blowing the shofar. I had one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was nutty, man. I was nutty. I'd blow that thing. I knew how to blow it, blow it too. I taught myself. Anyway, that's a little sidebar there. I, I, I interject things like that to let you know that I don't think that... I mean, I look at the background I came out of. I was as radical of a Pentecostal as you could possibly be. And then I went to independent, fundamental, King James only, as conservative as you get, Baptist. I mean, I've seen all the extremes. I went to a Catholic high school, Lutheran middle school, New Age parents. I've pretty much seen it all. But the Lord's brought me through these things so I could ultimately see the truth and help others. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'm so holy and I've been brought up, you know, in sinless perfection since I've been a young child. No, actually, anything but the truth there. Okay? I know what I deserve. I deserve hell. But praise the Lord Jesus Christ for His shed blood, what He did on the cross to save my soul. And not of myself. It wasn't of myself that I was saved. By the grace of God. So, this Jewish rabbi blew his shofar horn to proclaim the imminent coming of the true Messiah. Oh, the true Messiah. True Messiah. Uh-huh. That's going to be the Antichrist in their books. And His ascended masters. <laughs> We have a whole other sermon on this called Maitreya and the Ascended Masters. If you want to listen to that one, where I get into that, that's a whole. That, that's going to be integrally related to what I'm talking about today. That sermon. So then, a speaker then read Moon's poem, "Crown of Glory," which which he wrote as a 16-year-old boy. The poem proclaimed that anyone who spreads the gospel of global reconciliation among us in the spirit of Jesus Christ. No, he proclaimed, proclaimed the moon a man of God's own horn. This pro poem proclaimed that anyone who spreads the gospel of global reconciliation and peace can be crowned with a crown of glory. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so glad. I, I need to see book, chapter, and verse on that one about the global rec reconciliation. 
Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And a man would be divided against his own family, and, and mother against daughter, and these types of things. Why did he say that? Because he's mean? No. Because he knew that you have to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then he will receive you. To be not friends with the world, because friendship with the world is enmity with God. Enmity mean, means like God's enemy. That's why Jesus said that. Not because he was trying to be mean. But see, they want to reconcile everything, just like the Tower of Babel. It's no different. What did they tell Well, all, all the nations of the world came together at the Tower of Babel, and they were trying to basically build this gigantic high, high altar unto Satan. Is pretty much what it boils down to. And God split them all apart, gave them separate languages. They all went to different parts of the world. That's why they called the Tower of Babel, because they were babbling to one another, they couldn't understand each other anymore. God did it. He was the one that separated the people. But see, Satan's always trying to bring everybody together in this unification where there's where there's no doctrine, where there's no there's nothing godly about it. Nothing at all. That's where we're going back to though. Uh, and then he said, during the ceremony, numerous people were so crowned with this crown of glory, including some American legislators. Then another speaker proclaimed that Moon, a man after God's own heart, who has come among us in the spirit of Jesus Christ, end of quote. He, this other speaker said that. I can't imagine the heat that these people are going to feel in hell when they, when they plunge into it, unless they repent. And I, quite honestly, I, I don't. I believe a lot of these people are, are beyond repentance. I'm not saying that. No one put God in a box and say He couldn't redeem them, because you know through God all things are possible. But these people have their conscience seared with a hot iron, and and when you get your conscience seared with a hot iron, it's pretty tough to get it unseared. It is a time for America to open her heart to this one because the heart is open, the mind follows. Moon and his wife are then mightily praised. These are some of the titles that were bestowed on him. True father and true mother. Now hopefully that wasn't... I mean, what is he, like some androgynous god? Of course, that would line up with the New Age too. Um, oh, no, this is Moon and his wife. Okay, so true father, true mother. Because see, you got to have your female deity, female goddess in there too. That would be much more politically correct because, you know, then we aren't discriminating. Champions of peace and reconciliation. King and queen of peace. King of kings. He actually called himself king of kings. Jesus Christ said he was the king of kings and lord of lords. In his word. <clears throat> now here's another article. Has Reverend Moon purchased the top right wing evangelistic, evangelistic leadership lock, stock, and barrel? Moon is the founder of the cultic and occultic Unification Church, better known as the Moonies. And he has been helped, and he has had much help from the Rockefellers. Oh me, the Rockefellers. Oh wow, now we're really getting fun. Also of interest is the prominent political figures that have endorsed Moon and those who have ties to the New World Order. They include Ted Kennedy, Mark O. Hatfield, or Mason Mark O. Hatfield, Mason Jesse Helms, and Illumitus William F. Buckley. Now, if you want to see a lot about this Reverend Sung and Moon, get Dr. Kathy Burns' book, Billy Graham and His Friends. Uh, 
because she has a, a lot of this information documented. Okay, in fact, that quote came from her book. These are horrendous ties to the masters of the Illuminati. As you see these connections, you will see that Moon is very firmly and well connected to the uppermost levels of the Illuminati. Uh, the financial support, much of it comes from the Rockefellers. Political support, Senator Ted Kennedy, who's an extreme liberal Democrat. Senator Marco Hatfield, liberal left Republican. Senator Jesse Helms, conservative Republican. And columnist William F. Buckley, cast as a conservative Republican. With these kind of high-level contacts, you can safely consider Reverend Moon to be firmly in the saddle of the upper management tier of the Illuminati. Moon must have serious part to play in the overall script to stage the Antichrist. See, that's what this is all about. If you boil it down, this is all about staging the Antichrist and the preliminary things that need to be done in order for him to come about and for her to come into power properly. That's what we're talking about here, if you really want to boil it down. Since he is a false prophet, a religious figure... You can only assume that his role for the Illuminati will lie in the realm of religion. In fact, Moon is probably one of the most influential religious figures in the world today. But the story gets stranger. We learn that Reverend Moon was recruited by the Korean Central Agency, Central Intelligence Agency, um, and in 1961, after a military coup of, of the Democratic government of South Korea that brought Park to power, I'm not sure who Park is, but um, the Korean Central Intelligence Agency, known as the KCIA, decided to organize and utilize a church called the Unification Church. This is when his church was started. As a political tool of the right-wing military government, they wanted to export this to the U.S. if they could, this Unification Church. They asked the Reverend Bill Bright to help organize it. This was in 1961. Bill Bright? You mean Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ? Oh yeah, the same Bill Bright. Mark them, which caused division and offenses, contrary to the doctrines you've learned. What I'm doing is biblical. Yet what so many people say I'm doing is judging and I'm wrong and I'm this and I'm that. Well, I'm sorry, but the Bible's... We just read all those verses. We're supposed to mark them. They asked Bill Bright to help organize it and they chose the leader of it. Bill Bright chose Reverend Sung Young Moon to head it. Now this is, I, again, this is all referenced, everything that I'm reading you here, okay? But I can't, I can't, I don't have the time to read all the references, and some of them are, are links on websites that you can go to as well. So email me and I'll, I'll get this to you. Just let me know what you want. Before we get into his influence as the American religious, in the American religious establishment, let us quickly review some of Moon's beliefs, noting that Dr. Kathy Burns calls his Unification Church a cult that is steeped in the occult. We should, I mean, come on, you see these people at, at, at the uh, airports with their, with their robes and their shaved heads passing out flowers. If, that's not, if that doesn't give you a cultic feeling, I don't know what will, you know? Let us quickly review some of Moon's beliefs. Um, we should not be surprised to hear that this latter revelation for Moon could be a top-level illuminist only if he is steeped into the occult. Let us examine his key beliefs and teachings. Reverend Sung Young Moon claims Jesus Christ failed in his ministry and that he, Moon, is the Messiah. Now, we already talked about that. He just reiterated that this Dirksen Senate building when he was crowned Messiah and Savior of the world. Can you imagine the audacity? And these lukewarm, stinking, apostate hirelings sitting there clapping for him. Oh yeah, Jesus didn't 
Jesus failed. You're right. Give us, give us more money. We're, we're devils. We're wolves in sheep's clothing. We're right with you. Go get them, Reverend Moon. All these, all these people that are following us, they're just duped idiots. That's what they think of you if you're following them. They do. As soon as they get behind closed doors, they laugh. They laugh, every one of them. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not just deceived, they know exactly what they're doing. They couldn't have got into the position that they're in unless they had been put there. I'm not saying God's not on the throne. I'm not saying God can't set, seteth one up and putteth down another, like the Bible says. But I'm telling you, Satan has prepositioned these people and God has permitted it to happen. Well, why would he do that? Well, according to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, he talks about how God shall send them strong delusion. This is in the end times, when the Antichrist is, is, is arising and about to arise. It says, God shall, shall send them strong delusion, that they, that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. You better, you better be careful what truth you're embracing and, what, and what, what truth you're moving toward, because your soul depends on it. It really does. Another, going further with this, many allegations have been leveled against Moon and many of the organizations and the Unification Church, accusing them of clever mind control ma manipulation. Once again, we should not be surprised, for the Illuminati has been deeply immersed in the occult mind control for, through, for centuries, bringing this new art form into a higher new, higher new level at the end of this age. He also claims that, is, that it is his mission to unite the world through uniting religious forces. At this point, please allow me to explain the religious plan once the Antichrist actually appears on the earth. Shortly after the Antichrist's appearance, key religious leaders all across the globe are primed to step forward to the mass media microphones to deliver a message to their respective followers that this Christ is the Messiah, meaning the Antichrist. He is the Messiah we've all been waiting for. Follow Him. That's what we're going to see from, these, from all these televangelists, all these other guys. They're going to be saying the same thing. Remember, the devil's going to come with all lying signs and wonders. And a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Well, that's what he's going to come as. He's going to come with his ascended masters, most likely out of the ashes of World War III. He's going to come as the man of peace, finally the ones that brought the Jews and the Palestinians, or the Jews and the Arabs together. Going to stop the war, okay, at least for a time period. Antichrist is going to rise, his ascended master, all lying signs and wonders probably going to have some damn disclosure about the UFOs at the same time. And then all the religious leaders of the world are also going to come in union and unity, which they've been working for for a long time. And they're all going to come together and point to the same guy. That's how this is probably going to play out, most likely. I'm not going to say I'm a prognosticator. I know exactly how it's going to play out. But I'm telling you, I believe from all the handwriting that's been on the wall, that's the most plausible scenario that I've seen. And this is, this is after doing this for many years and receiving much confirmation for this exact scenario that I just set before you. But of course, this Christ that they're going to appoint people to is going to be the biblical antichrist. Thus, the Buddhists, the Mohammedans, the Hindus, the Christians will be told that this, quote, Christ is their Messiah and they are to follow Him, giving Him their allegiance and worship which Christian leaders will then step forward, urging their followers to follow this man of sin and give him their allegiance. <clears throat> Before you can entertain this question, you have to understand that Reverend Moon has been charged with uniting the world through religious forces. 
that play a huge role in the religious deception once the Antichrist does rise. As we proceed through this article, you will see that Moon has evidently zeroed in on the Christian right wing as his major field of endeavor. Okay, now, if you were Satan, what would you zero in on? You would zero, try to zero in on conservative Christians. Not liberal, but conservative. The ones that would at least have some assemblance of saying, we want to go by the Bible, we want to live by the Word of God. They may say it, but they're not doing it. Okay? But that's, that's, I mean, you would attack your largest potential enemy. You would try to weaken them. And that's his largest potential enemy. So, it's no wonder he would do that. But first, Satan must get control of the religious forces of the Christian right wing. And God's letting it happen because of the strong delusion that the Lord's permitting to happen. But again, the Bible says God will send the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that receive not the love of the truth. <laughs> so I don't ever want to give the impression God's not on the throne here. Now let us follow the money and the influential trail. Pictured below are certain evangelical Christian leaders, many of whom are right-wing, who have either accepted serious money from Moon's front organization or have been unduly influenced by him. Now I already read you the list of these men, but I'll read it again. As you can imagine, once a Christian leader accepts money from Moon's organization, that person is beholden to Reverend Moon. And don't think it's not affecting them on a spiritual level when you give money to a devil. That's why I said, be careful where you, where you sow your money, where you put your money, where you put your tithes. Because if you're giving it to a devil or an ungodly organization, don't think it won't affect you spiritually. And then you have to give an account of the judgment seat of Christ if you even make it there. I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm assuming that most people that are listening to this is, are saved, but I'm sure there's some that aren't. They're deceived. So... These people that I'm about to read have all accepted serious money from Moon's front organization. And we're going to talk about each one individually now. After we say this. I'm not just going to say a statement and, and not back it up. As you can imagine, once a Christian leader accepts money from Moon's organization, that person is beholden to Reverend Moon. Remember the general principle. The devil always gets his due. Tim LaHaye, Left Behind series. These are the list of men. Gary Bauer. Bill Bright. I mean, this Gary Bauer guy, I can't even stand looking at his picture. Just look at his picture. Look at him. I, I can't even... Moving right along. Bill Bright, Paul Crouch, Dr. James Dobson, <clears throat> Reverend Billy Graham, D. James Kennedy, Beverly LaHaye, Ralph Reed, Pat Robertson, Reverend James Robinson, Phyllis Shaffrey, George Bush, Dr. Robert Schuler 1 and 2, and Reverend Jerry Falwell. Let's talk about Reverend Jerry Falwell first. As Reverend Falwell... Again, that reverend title that is so biblical. Not. Anyway, yeah, he died this week. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, I can't believe you'd bring this up this week of all weeks. Can't, can't you let, you know... No. All I've been hearing is honor of this man. Why would I want to honor somebody with this type of background that we're going to document right now? Would it be better to bring the truth out? Or would it be better just to, you know, oh no, we, we want to have respect for the dead and we want to just keep our mouth No, I think it's a very appropriate time to set forth this information so that we don't have misconceptions about who this man really was. Let's look at Reverend Jerry Falwell. Let's look at his fruit right now. Jerry Falwell readily admits that he accepted $2.5 million from Moon in 1994. 
in order to bail out his Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. This was funneled through a moon organization, a Reverend Moon organization, known as the Women's Federation for World Peace, which has been chaired by Beverly LaHaye, another one that we mention here. Wife of Timothy LaHaye, the author of the Left Behind series, who is also the... Um, the Women's Federation for World Peace paid $3.5 million to the Christian Heritage Foundation, which, which in turn bought Falwell's $73 million debt and then frankly wrote it off. The Heritage Foundation then seems to have paid themselves a fee of $1 million for their trouble. Oh, isn't that nice? The Heritage Foundation paid themselves one million for their trouble, and they bought... All, okay. This is how things work. If the Illuminati wants to keep you going and you're doing their bidding, they'll bail you out. They've got the money to do it. It's no big shake. I, again, if this man was a man of God, why would he get in bed with all these devils? Why would he get in bed with Reverend Sung Yung Moon and accept $2.5 million from him? Why? Since that time, Falwell has spoken at many of Moon's functions. Did you under, do you understand this? He's spoken at this, this apostate occultist, Reverend Sung Young Moon's functions. He's embraced the cult leader with unabashed reverence and friendship. Even writings from Moon's church confirm Falwell's comradeship with, quote, the new Messiah and his cult. The new Messiah. Falwell's right with him. Well, I don't see that when I when I turn on Jerry Falwell's whatever, Liberty Praise Hour, whatever it is. Of course you don't. They're not going to come out with all this stuff mainstream. May, they may spoon feed you a little bit now and then. So much of this stuff is done in, in, in secret and in, 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 in behind closed doors. Even the writings, <clears throat> no, Moon has even been a guest speaker in the mainline denominational churches in the past few years. He's, Moon spoke at many mainline denominational churches. Falwell further praised Reverend Moon, calling him, quote, an unsung hero to the cause of freedom, who is to be commended for his determination and courage and endurance in the support of his beliefs, end of quote. That was from Unholy Alliances. And I've got all the links to this to these articles on this unholy alliances. I've got it. It's part of this thing. You can read it all for yourself. This is just I'm what I'm giving you today is just a little bit the, of of documentation of these facts. Okay, just a little bit, and it's more than I can probably get in in one session. According to the official court record of the lawsuit that was filed at Bedford County Circuit Court in West Virginia, it was alleged that Falwell and an associate flew to South Korea January 9, 1994 to meet with the Unification Church officials. This trip came shortly, shortly before Falwell was awarded the Reverend Sung Young Moon's money. Falwell stated openly, quote, If the American Atheist Society or Saddam Hussein himself ever sent an unregistered gift to any of my ministries, be assured I will operate on Billy Sunday's philosophy. Quote, the devil had it long long enough, the devil had it long enough and quickly take the check. End of quote. That, and that's referenced. Everything I'm talking about here is, is all reference quotes. Okay? Yeah, he said that. He don't care whose money it is. He don't care if it's blood money. He don't care any of that. He'll take it. Devil had it long enough. That's his excuse. 
Here's another, uh, well, then this week, televangelist Jerry Falwell dies at age 73. This is, uh, this is a quote from Associated Press writer, Sue Lindsay, Lynchburg, Virginia. <clears throat> Reverend Jerry Falwell, the televangelist who founded the Moral Majority and used it to mold the religious right into the political force, died Tuesday shortly after being found unconscious at his office in Liberty University. He was 73. While countless number of Christian leaders, preachers, and teachers will praise Falwell to the highest heaven, I, I got I got an article that I, I, I couldn't even stomach reading this week from, uh, oh, I can't, the, the guy's name. Um, anyway, one of the prominent guys in the Christian conservative movement praising Falwell. I just deleted it. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me what, what goes on in um, pseudo-Christianity anymore. So while all these other leaders are praising forward to the highest heaven, Cutting Edge, now this is Cutting Edge, David Bay, has always had reservations about Falwell. He founded the major Moral Majority in 1976, a movement which, which encouraged Christians to actively participate in Republican politics. President Ronald Reagan called the leading man into his office to declare that he was one of them and would use the power of his office to accomplish Christian goals. So Ronald Reagan said, I'm one of you guys, and I'm going to use the power of my office to accomplish Christian goals. Sadly, even though Reagan set all the records for stirring speeches against abortion on demand, he actually did nothing to shut down this horrific murder industry down. On most, I mean, you'd figure if a guy really, really was against it, he'd make some type of major gigantic impact. Nah, no, nah, it keeps going. They keep, they keep aborting babies, which is probably the largest abomination in God's eyes that's going on in this country. It's going to be one of the chief reasons we get judged as a nation. Abortion upon... Um, uh, on most other conservative report cards, Reagan scored as a liberal, not a conservative, and not a Christian. Not until Rush Limbaugh began to recreate Reagan's image after the former president died did the conservatives and or Christians begin to think of Reagan positively. Too many Christians believe that George W. Bush claims that he was also a Christian. Almost every conservative Christian understands the true nature of the President Bill Clinton, but these same Christians fell all over themselves to believe the lie that the current President George W. Bush is a genuine Christian because today's pew-sitter does not take Jesus' Jesus's commands seriously to judge a person by their fruits. Now, I mean, it... it you know, George W. Bush, Skull and Bones member. Skull and Bones member of, of Yale. You know, I mean, you could go on and on and on. They've got an article on Cutting Edge, and there's a link provided in this, in this report, if you want, I'll send it to you, on the President Bush's evil. Uh, President Bush's evil versus good fruits table. And all it does is it's this table documenting all of his actions, either good or bad. And you can look at his fruit. You're supposed to be a fruit inspector. By the fruit, you shall know them. Well, you can look at his fruit, and you can you can make up your own mind. This is documented stuff. It's it's not opinion, documented. The Reverend, I mean, one of the easy one of the things about today's day and age that we live in, everything has become so flagrant and so out in the open that really it makes my job easier, much easier than it would have probably thirty years ago. When things were things weren't so out in the open, people were more discerning. Things weren't so just crazy. Nowadays, they can do anything, and they, and, they, and they still have the people that call themselves conservative Christians following them. doesn't matter. It's, it's easy to document this stuff. The Reverend Jerry Falwell led the leap into the Christian horde, led the leap of the Christian horde into the abyss which the Illuminati had laid for them. 
One other matter. When I did research into the televangelists who had accepted money from the Illuminati money man, Reverend Sung Young Moon, Falwell's name appeared on the list. Well, and again, we already talked about that. He accepted $2.5 million. Now let's talk about the next guy. Tim LaHaye. Well-known author, former pastor and educator Tim LaHaye was named by Wheaton College <laughs> Institute as the most influential leader in the evangelical Christian movement. Wasn't that wonderful? He that is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You know, I don't, I don't see any of the, any of the apostles having those kind of accolades leap, heaped on them. In fact, most of them all died horrific deaths. Most of the true Christians throughout, you know, they, they didn't lead lives where they were, they were popular among men. Why? Because Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. He said that. The institute named LaHaye the most influential evangelical leader in the United States of the last quarter century. He and his wife, Beverly, the leader of Concerned Women for America, which, is, which I just talked about um, just a second ago. <clears throat> oh no, that was Women's Federation for World Peace. Okay, we're going to talk about all these organizations more in depth and see how they're all related to Moon's organization. They're all front organizations, okay? <clears throat> they can move money around easier that way, having a front organization, instead of doing it under the name of a particular man. They can hide things easier that way. So, Beverly, the leader of the Concerned Women for America, have been a driving force in the organizational efforts of evangelicals, including the Moral Majority, which Jerry Falwell founded, and the respected political think tank, Council for National Policy. Other contenders for this distinction include the renowned Billy Graham. Ah, we're going to talk a lot about Billy Graham today. Campus Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright, who was the guy that, that, that appointed... Reverend Sung Young moved into this position originally. We talked about him. Focus on the family, James Dobson. Now this was that that quote that I just read you was from World Daily Net, June second, two thousand one. Here's another quote from this uh, article called Unholy Alliance. Most famous for his Left Behind series and books and movies, Tim LaHaye's relationship for, with Moon goes back at least seventeen years. In 1985, it was reported earlier that LaHaye was addressing several hundred evangelical Christians. The flock he claims to guard and feed. He exhorted that they go willingly to jail with the Reverend Moon in demonstration of his imprisonment over tax fraud. Yeah, I'm going to go to jail with that devil. I don't think so. Maybe go to jail for Christ, not go to jail for some devil. <clears throat> Shockingly, this truth is borne out by none other than Moon's right-hand man, Bo Hai Pak. Writing about Moon's jail time and his visits from LaHaye. Now, this is this Bo Hai Pak, Reverend Moon's right-hand man. He's writing. This is a quote from him. He refers to him as Father. Now, the Bible says, call no man Father, but your Father in Heaven. Jesus said that. We're not, that's why when priests say, oh, Father, that's an abomination from the pit of hell. You're not supposed to call any man father, even your own father. Call him dad. Don't call him father. I don't call my dad my 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 dad father. I don't. Call him dad. You know? It's not biblical. But Bohai Pak refers to him as father. He says, Father has suffered on many occasions. This is in reference to Sung Young Moon. Even though father suffered in Korea and North Korea, there was not that was not the cosmic age for universal salvation. Oh, my word. You talk about new age. Quote, that was 
that was not the worldwide level. Today, here in the United States, which is the microcosm of the world, whatever father does has a universal impact. What father has accomplished at Danbury is the restoration of Christianity and the unification of Christianity. You know it's always about restoration and unification under this apostate system. Going further, father brought Christianity into the unification church. Oh, isn't that nice? Christians began to understand Father and accept Father and Father's dispensation. Would you shut up on the Father? It's enough to make you nauseated. You know, you, but can you see the cultic, brainwashing reverence that's going on here? Referring, I mean, this is like, he's just absolutely referring to him as deity. This quote continues. It says, One good example is Dr. Tim LaHaye's visit to Danbury. I guess Danbury was where they put Reverend Moon in prison for tax evasion. During the drive, Dr. LaHaye said, quote, It's incredible that our government did this to Reverend Moon, to confine Reverend Moon to this kind of place. End of quote. When we got to Danbury, now this is evidently Tim LaHaye, this Bohai Pak, which is Moon's right-hand man, are going to visit Sun Young Moon in, in this Danbury prison in, in America, okay? This is the scenario we're talking about here. When we got to Danbury, he met Father, who was wearing humble prison clothes. Oh, I, I don't, you know, oh. It's a far cry from him having that full floor-length cape and crown that was given to him by that representative, that Danny guy from Illinois, being crowned as Messiah and Savior of the Earth. A far cry from that, in humble prison clothes. Oh. <clears throat> oh. Tim LaHaye held Father's hand and his first words were Dr. LaHaye spoke were Reverend Moon I apologize on behalf of my government end of quote Mother saw that Dr. LaHaye's eyes were red and he was crying what a beautiful union a beautiful union of brothers like Esau and Jacob now this is this Bohai Pak quote here Father and Dr. LaHaye were embracing well isn't that special that is so sp- devil embracing devil. Oh, and this is the guy that wrote all the Left Behind series, huh? Oh boy, he's the same guy in the Left Behind series saying that you can take the mark of the beast as long as you really don't mean it, and you'll still be saved. Oh, is that so? Well, the Bible says that if you take the mark of the beast, you're done. You're done. It's over. And if you've got to be martyred, or if you've got to go through torture, or you've got to do whatever it takes, you don't take that mark of the beast ever, or you will be thrown into the lake of fire. You will go to hell. There's no taking the mark of the beast and, and um, saying, well, you know, I really didn't mean it, God. Uh, you know, come on, cut me, cut me some slack. It's not going to be any of that. Same Tim LaHaye that's going to take a lot of people to hell because they were going by his fictional books. I'm not saying there's no truth in any of his books, but I'm saying a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. <clears throat> so anyway, that quote came from The Truth is My Sword, Volume 2, Chapter 45, Mount Danbury. Uh, it was a quote from Bohai Pak. Okay? That's what I like, I really love about this teaching today is it's very highly referenced. <clears throat> And then, Tim LaHaye then appealed to his followers to, quote, go willingly to jail, willingly to jail with the Reverend Moon in demonstration to his imprisonment over tax fraud. However, did you notice that LaHaye willingly participated with this pagan, illuministic, false religious leader to, to com- 
complete, quote, the restoration of Christianity and the unification of Christianity to achieve a beautiful union, a beautiful union of brothers like Esau and Jacob? How sick. How sick. The Bible says, Esau have I hated. I don't think that was, I don't, I mean, in God's eyes, I don't really think it was particularly the most beautiful thing that ever happened in the Bible. Jacob despised, or Esau despised his birthright. And yes, Jacob, whose name means usurper, did usurp that. But Esau didn't want it. But he said, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have have I hated. No, I'm okay. So, hey, I don't think it was that that great of a beautiful union. I think it was God's mercy that that Esau didn't kill him. Because I'm sure in his heart he probably wanted to deep down. That's a whole other Bible study, so we won't go down that rabbit trail. We don't have time today. No true Christian leader would ever, ever join with a pagan occultist like this, allowing himself to be declared his brother. The Bible firmly forbids this kind of union with an unbeliever. Listen once again. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, meaning the doctrine of the Bible, but this is 2 John 1, verses 10 and 11. If if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. See, that's why we got to be real careful who we get yoked up with, who we fellowship with, who we allow even into our house, as, a, as opposed to uh, doctrine. And again, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why would this man be, be this Tim LaHaye, if he was a true man of God, why would he be... In, why would he be yoked together with this absolute, total, apostate devil? Well, he's really no different. He's really no different. I think, you know, they're basically on the same level. Yeah, yeah. So, this action clearly labels Tim LaHaye as a Christian tear. Now, we talk about the wheat and the tares in the Bible. And the Bible says, in, in the Gospels, it says that the wheat and the tares will grow up together. And that you won't even be able to really distinguish between the two. Well, this is why it's so hard many times as a Christian in today's day and age, especially if you're in the apostate church, it's very hard if you're in the apostate church to identify the apostates. Because if you're in that influence, it's going to corrupt your thinking process. And you're not going to think straight. You're, you're going to have a much harder time identifying a Christian tear, which would be like a weed growing amongst wheat. You're going to have a very hard time identifying that if you're within the movement. Because you're surrounded by it. Your discernment is affected. Maybe that's where you're putting all your money. It's where you're putting all your effort. It's going to, it, it, it's going to affect your vision. So he's a counterfeit Christian tear. Leading many people to hell. Tim LaHaye. Yet, LaHaye is so popular and so reverend... He, he, he is named as the most influential of all evangelical leaders... Further, untold millions have gobbled up his left-behind series of books and movies, leaving them, leaving them to be a genuine explanation of the rapture of the church, Christian church. From the beginning of the left-behind series, I felt a spiritual prohibition against reading these books. Further, I noticed that the left-behind was being aggressively promoted by noted Illuministic mass media outlets. Illuministic. That means the 13 families that run the earth that Satan has prepositioned like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and these types of families, okay? The DuPonts, the Astors, the Krupps, the Merovingians. 
And again, to, to, to the definitive book on that is Bloodlines of the Illuminati by Fritz Springmeier. Tex Mars sells it on his website. You can actually even go up to certain spots on the internet and I believe download the book. Okay? For free. Um, so th this is something that the information is out there. It's just a matter of you have to be a seeker and really pray the Lord show you the truth. Pray the Lord show you the truth. So, the left behind books are being aggressively promoted by these illuministic mass media outlets and TV, radio, magazines, bookstores, which is a huge red flag immediately went into um, his mind, the man writing this. Remember, I did not know of Moon LaHaye Connection until just a year ago. Well, after the series went on to market. Now, this article that I'm reading you is actually three or four years old. This has been, this has been, well, I'm not, not, it's about three years. About three. Two and a half to three years. Okay. But it's just as applicable today, especially in light of Jerry Falwell just dying. I thought it was the most appropriate time to actually do this teaching. Because it needs to be done. Because it ties all of these apostates together with an absolute total avert devil. I mean, there's, there's, there's no arguing that Reverend Sung Young Moon is an absolute apostate occultic cult leader. And if you could absolutely, totally, unequivocally tie all these other supposed religious leaders to this man, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Not a real good sign at all. LaHaye also formed the Council of National Policy in 1981. There are definite ties between this Christian organization and Reverend Moon's openly anti-Christ organizations. This group is also associated heavily with the controversial cultic Church of Scientology. Oh, isn't that nice? The Church of Scientology. Now again, this article that I'm reading you is all referenced. Okay? David Wagner of Hope for America emphatically states that the CNP, which is the Council for National Policy, is a Christian equivalent to the Illuminist Council of Foreign Relations. It's the Christian equivalent. And LaHaye formed it. Of course, it wasn't him that formed it. It was the money behind him. It's like Hitler. Hitler was a failed house painter. He had a lot of money behind him through companies like IG Farben, which was this big chemical conglomeration. They're the ones that was the driving monetary force behind Hitler. All these men always have a driving... Usually what it is is they're mere figureheads with a driving monetary force behind them. They and of themselves could have never achieved these things, ever. But see, because they've sold their soul to Satan, Satan's given them the goodies in this life. He tried to do the same thing to Jesus Christ. He said, just bow down to me this day and worship me and I will give you all these kingdoms. He does, he does no different with anyone else that will sell their soul to Satan. And I mean that. I mean it's that bad. It's not just that these men are deceived. I'm not going to give them that much credit. Now, if I'm wrong, God forgive me. The bottom line is, is the result, whether they sold their soul to Satan or whether they're just unbelievably deceived, which I don't believe that's the case. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Either way, it doesn't matter. They're still taking people to hell. The result is still the same. Hell. The lake of fire. That's all that really matters. If you think, a, a thousand years from now, what's going to matter? Heaven and hell. Where did you end up going? I'm not saying your life and the good works and things like that won't count, but I'm talking about the main thing that's going to matter is heaven and hell. The main thing that's going to matter within one second of you dying is heaven and hell. Period. So, going further, 
Again, Lahegi forms Council of National Policy, which is the Christian equivalent to the Illuminati Council of Foreign Relations. Thus, in keeping with the dialectic process, the Illuminati has established two special groups to further their plans. The CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations, and the CNP, the Council for National Policy, which is like the yin and yang, the thesis and the antithesis which again is a whole other explanation. There's a link here that will explain to you this what they call dialectic process of antithesis and thesis. And I, I don't have time to get into it today, but there's a link here you can click into if I, if I forward this to you. In 1983, now this is a quote, um, another quote. In 1983, American Coalition for American for Traditional Values began with Tim LaHaye, Falwell, Robinson, uh, Jim Baker, Pat Robinson, Jim Baker, Rob Robinson, and Humbard. The money that started it came from the Moonies. It was right after Gary J uh, Jarman, an ex-Mooney, introduced Tim LaHaye to Colonel Bo Pack, Reverend Moon's right-hand man. So this is another thing that began with, with Tim LaHaye. American Coalition for Traditional Values. Sounds real nice. Began with Reverend Moon's money. Who was, who was part of it? Falwell, Pat Robinson, Jim Baker, all these other guys. Hmm. Now, let's talk about Gary Bauer. I couldn't even stand to look at this guy's picture. There's a, I mean, I'm sorry, but you talk about a guy that looks like a homosexual. A smug, arrogant one. Now, the Bible says, speak evil of no man. But I'm sorry, there's a big difference between evil and truth. And this guy looks evil. He looks smug. He looks It's the quintessential essence of looking arrogant and smug, and yet homosexual at the same time. I'm sorry, he does. That's how he looks. And I know he's a devil. Let's, let's talk about Gary Bauer. Gary Bauer's Family Research Council. Now, I'll send you this picture so you can see for yourself. Because all these... They show all these men that I'm talking about, and they'll all give a picture so you can kind of look at them. Gary Bauer has benefited as well from Reverend Moon's organization. This is all under the umbrella of social change and Christian family values in America. Bauer is reported as part of a group of Christian leaders who have received up to $150,000 in Moon's money. Oh me. Again, this is all referenced. Many Christians take at face value everything that the Family Research Council says. Now, this is of Gary Bowers, Family Research Council. Forgetting the intelligence maximum... Now, this is so important what I'm about ready to say. Forgetting the intelligence maximum that a disinformation agent will always provide 75 to 90% good, solid information. Understand that. Thus, you will find the gospel presented in the Family Research Council as well as many genuine Christian values. Now, I will make a proviso there. The gospel that they present many times is not the gospel, true gospel of the Bible. They don't talk about sin and hell and things of this nature, repentance, things of this nature. They present more of a feel-good gospel. Okay, but it sounds nice. It sounds nice. The devil quoted scripture back to, uh, 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 he tried to quote scripture back to Jesus. But the scripture that he quoted was a little bit perverted if you look at it. It wasn't quite accurate. Just little leaven, leaven up the whole lump. So you could have a disinformation agent, which all of these Christian, pseudo-Christian organizations are disinformation agents. Every one of them. So much of the time, it's not so much what they say, but it's what they don't say. It's what they're not telling you. 
That's another way they deceive you. It's what they withhold. And then they have that little bit of leaven in there, what they are telling you, and the little bit of leaven is leaven the whole lump. Because you've chosen to trust in man or some ministry. However, the Apostle Paul warned that it just takes a little leaven or false teaching to corrupt the whole lump of dough, just as it only takes a tiny bit of arsenic in a whole lot of water to kill you. Now, I want to read a, a scripture here in reference to this. Luke 12.1 No, Luke, Matthew 16.11 through 12. How is it now this is Jesus speaking. How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread? Now he was talking about the leaven. The leaven. Okay? That you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They understood, then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread. They weren't, the, the, the disciples were thinking that Jesus was giving this warning about leaven of bread, like real leaven that you would use in bread to make dough rise. But they, then they understood that this was the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that Jesus Christ was warning about. The doctrine. Let me just read it again. How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them not be aware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The doctrine. This was the doctrine that, that made Jesus so angry that he called them vipers and serpents and whitened sepulchres full of dead man's bones and he overturned the money changers in the temple. This made Jesus more angry than any other thing in his ministry. In fact, it was the only thing I really saw that he really ever got really super fired up about. Now, granted, there were some times that he rebuked the apostles and things like that. That's true. But, I'm talking about really, really fired up. Well, aren't we supposed to put on the mind of Christ, as I said earlier? This is called righteous indignation. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. Was Jesus sinning when he overturned the money changers? Now, I'm not saying go out and go to the church and overturn all their their money, their tables where they're making money at the church. I'm not saying that. Okay? But I'm just saying it's a type and an example. It got Jesus fired up more than any other thing. And he said, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, who would be the modern day equivalent of the Pharisees and the Sadducees today? These same people that I'm talking about right now. The, the televangelists, the religious... Do you see how important this is, what we're talking about today? It's the doctrine. And there's, there's many people who say, Oh, we leave doctrine at the door. Oh, okay, you, evidently you want to go to hell. Because doctrine, your, whatever doctrine you embrace determines on where you're going to spend eternity. It's really what it boils down to. Doctrine is that important. The Word of God. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That was all out of Psalm 119, those last verses. Now, this is why it's so important what doctrine we're going by. And if you're reading a corrupt Bible, how is the doctrine not going to be corrupt in that Bible? Again, more confirmation, the King James Bible is, is, is the true word of God. Luke 12, 1b, quote, 
he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, oh, and if there's any quote question about the King James Bible being the Word of God, please email me. I have a pre-prepared email that I will email you. Well, this will all be covered point by point by point by point. Okay? And also, you hear me say, talk about the, the unregistered church, the non-501c3 church. If you don't understand that, please email me. I have another uh, email where this is covered point by point by point. You need to get educated on these subjects if you're not aware of them. Because these are two of the foundational issues upon the devil has used to corrupt the church. Particularly in the last hundred years. The last hundred and really almost thirty. Getting back to this. Luke 12, 1b. He began to say, this is Jesus. He began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And here he says it a little bit differently. Hypocrisy. Well, is it hypocritical for a, a person that calls himself reverend, man of God, who's in a 501c3 corporation, totally doing it for the money, he's a hireling, he's got all kind of world in his things, he's yoked up with all these unbelievers, he's taking subsidies from the government, he's doing all these things that are totally unbiblical. Isn't that a little bit hypocritical? Isn't it a little bit hip hypocritical for him to go up there and possibly quote scripture when he himself is a devil? Well, that's, hypocr that's, hip that's hypocrisy. Well, that's part of the leaven of the Pharisees. Hypocrisy. Every, every one of these men is, is just wallowing in hypocrisy. Every one of them. Mark 8.15. Again, Jesus talking here. And he charged them saying, Take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of, the, of Herod. Oh, now what would that be in reference to? The government? What did, what did Herod represent? The government in that day and time. Like I said, if your government's telling you to do something that's contradictory to the Bible, you're going to have to make a choice. I'm not telling everybody to go out there and, 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 and do some whatever, uprising, revolt, and all that. Jesus said that if, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. This is why it's so wrong for us to go and say we've got to nuke Iran preemptively, and you got John Hagee out there telling everybody to do this, but we've got to get them before they get us. Number one, that's motivated purely out of the fear of man. Number two, I just don't remember Jesus saying to go nuke and wipe other other uh, um, uh, whole other nations off the planet. If God so chooses to do that, let God do that. Let God. The Bible says, um, "Avenge not yourself, but vengeance is mine," said the Lord. I will repay. We're not supposed to go around seeking vengeance. We're supposed to go around doing good to those that despitefully use us. Blessed are you when you shall suffer persecution. Bible says, for great is your reward in heaven when all men shall revile you and hate you and speak evil things of you for my sake. Okay, but again, we need to have balance here. Okay, and, and what I'm trying to do with these Bible studies is for us to look at all sides of the scripture, to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to have balance. So, we're going further with this. This action clearly labels, um, okay, now hold on, I'm I'm down at the bottom here. Okay, so. Going further, now we're going to talk about Bill Bright. Bill Bright, founder and head of the International Evangelical Association, Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, they can't be bad. Well, no, he was just the guy that, that basically where this all got kicked off and started. We talked about him earlier. He was the guy that appointed some young moon. He was the guy that, that, that groomed him for this unification church. Bill Bright. Also is a member of the CNP, 
Council of National Policy, which was that apostate group I just we just talked about. Remember, the above quote which states that Bill Bright was the point man to get Reverend Moon into the United States at the behest of the Korean Central Intelligence Agency. Oh, that's always a good you know, it's a, it's a good reference. This association may also explain Dr. Bright's dramatic excursion into apostasy. Listen to Dr. Burns explain. Jesse Jackson is also a member of the Council of Foreign Policy, as well as a 33rd degree Mason. Jesse Jackson, you know, Rainbow Coalition, the whole nine yards. In spite of Jackson's obvious blasphemous remarks about Jesus Christ, the, the Jesus Film Project, which is a ministry of Bill Bright's Campus Crusade for Christ, had a millennial tribute to Jesus and used celebrities to record a tribute to Jesus. Now this is Bill Bright's Campus Crusade for Christ yoking up with Jesse Jackson of the Rainbow Coalition, ungodly and unsaved as you could possibly be, but they had a millennial tribute to Jesus. So Bill Bright said, well, we want to get some celebrities together to pay a tribute to Jesus Christ. Who were some of these celebrities? Well, Jesse Jackson was number one. Jimmy Carter, who's also a former Illuminati member, former president, former president Gerald Ford, another Illuminati member, Freemason and Bilderberger member, Gerald Ford, Andrew Young, Pope John Paul II, oh, that's always a good one you want to be yoked up with, you know, basically the Prince of Darkness, and Billy Graham. But, you know, there was no problem with any of their, their doctrinal theology, because, you know, hey, deep down, they're all moving toward the same thing. They're one big, happy, apostate, devil-possessed family. These are some of the Campus Crusade for Christ's International Committee of Reference. Number one, Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, remember him on the Country Western shows? Well, you know what? Did you know Roy Rogers was a 33rd degree Mason? Listed prominently as a 33rd degree Mason? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Cash? Oh, you know, he's, Lord, godly man there. Country Western singer, you know, prison convict. Uh, Jay Gary. Now, I'm not saying just because you're a prison convict that makes you ungodly, okay? I'm just saying Johnny Cash is not exactly somebody you want to emulate or somebody you want to yoke up with in a Christian organization. Okay? Jay Gary. Jesse Helms, who is, uh, uh, was he a senator? Thir he's also a 33rd degree Mason. Norman Vincent Peale. Now, uh, now again, this is the Campus Crusade for Christ International Committee of Reference. Norman Vincent Peale, 33rd degree Mason. I mean, positive, uh, the power of positive thinking, man. Okay? Robert Schuller. Another, another one we're going to talk about. Michael W. Smith. Isn't he a Christian singer? Jack Van Impey. Totally sold out to Catholicism. The Pope. I can't even stand listening to Jack Van Impey anymore. Man can quote Bible like I've never seen anybody be able to quote it. But yet he sold out to Satan. I mean, unbelievable. And again, this is reference to what I'm giving you here. Bill Bright is also... The 1996 recipient of the Illuminati Templeton Prize, making him $1 million richer. Campus Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright, Templeton Prize winner, $1 million richer. The Templeton Committee is made up of leaders from the world's five major religious systems. Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and Judaism. That's who I want to get an award from. Yeah, maybe it's their largest enemy. That's about the only award I'd want to get from them. It's like that adage goes, you know, whatever side Satan on, Satan is on, mark me down on the other side. That's what I mean by that. They meet annually 
to meet and decide the recipient of the $1 million prize. Templeton himself has been described as a, quote, new age, pantheistic, science of mind, universalist investment guru. Well, that's a good Christian godly accolade right there. What's not to like about that? Templeton also said that the Bible, quote, does not accurately record the words of Christ. Oh, isn't that like kind of what Satan did where he said, yea, if God said he questioned the word of God? Isn't that what all these pagans want to do? do you, I mean, every single documentation channel right now, History, History International, uh, Discovery Channel, National Geographic Explorer, all these channels that are on TV right now are, are so aggressively airing documentaries trying to debunk the life of Jesus Christ, trying to trying to throw question and doubt into it. I have never seen a more aggressive campaign against Jesus Christ as I have now. But, you know, what? that's what they're trying to do, question the Lord. And Templeton said that he's trying to develop a body of knowledge of God that doesn't rely on ancient revelations of Scripture, such as the Bible. So that's what Templeton was all about. And this is the prize named the Templeton Prize that was given to Bill Bright. That made him $1 million richer. Well, you know, they honor their own. Just like George Washington being on the cover of the $1 bill and on the quarter. Oh, he was a man of God. He was founder of our country. Oh, okay. He's a 30-30 Green Mason. He's got a whole gigantic Masonic monument outside the, the Washington, D.C. city limits. I can, I, can, I can show you an actual picture of his Masonic apron. I can show you all the other stuff. I got emails that document all of this about Washington. Please email me. I'll email it to you. It's, I mean, it's so documented, it's not even funny. But we'll just believe what's been, you know, told us. We want to believe the history books. The history books have been doctored. Let me tell you something right now. History books that we get in the schools, they've been doctored. I'm not saying there's, there's zero truth in them. I'm saying they've been doctored. They've been leavened. Since the 9-11 attacks, President Bush has led the way in encouraging ecumenism, meaning like the combining of all religions. He defined as accepting all faiths as equally legitimate. Isn't that special? He wants, he wants us to have that. President Bush. Bill Bright has no trouble with this approach, as he can, quote, can also work with people who do not call Jesus the Lord. That's a quote from him. He can work with those people. It's okay. For example, he was at an interfaith meeting with Muslims and Jewish rabbis. In his prayer, he referred to the God of our fathers. See, he'd have to refer to that as Muslims and Jews and these types of things because they could handle that. But they're not going to—they're they're not going to handle no Jesus Christ, calling out Jesus Christ. They're not going to do that. But we should not be surprised, for he had been aware—for he had been aware of the gospel as presented by. Okay, I, I got to read this slow. But we should not be surprised, for had we been aware of the gospel as presented by Bill Bright's workers over the years, we would have known the truth. A former Campus Crusade worker, Campus Crusade for Christ worker, says, quote, One reason why Campus Crusade message is so popular is that the Campus Crusade workers are taught either by design or by default not to use Christian jargon like witness, repent, converted, Blood, hell, sin, save, holiness, and apostasy. We're not supposed to use those words. We don't want to get into any of that slaughterhouse religion. You know what I mean? We got, we got, to, we got to give that watered down stuff. That's that's more palatable. We must be palatable in today's day and age. We must seek to please men and not God. Hey, 
Choose whom this day you will serve. That's what I say. Now, in addition to his contacts with Reverend Sung Young Moon, Bill Bright is discovered to be preaching another gospel. And again, we already read that verse in Galatians where it said, let him that preaches another gospel. And that would apply to all these guys. Let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Said it twice. But see, these aren't the verses you get in the modern day churches because they would have to start with themselves first. They would have to judge themselves first before they could, before they could start judging anything else. What would that mean for most of these men from a biblical standpoint? It would mean they'd have to step down from the pulpit because they're not even qualified to be in there. They're compromised right off the get-go. Now, doesn't that mean if you're totally compromised and sold out to the world system and you finally realize that? Either you get right real quick with the Lord or you step down. I, I would think that that's what, biblical, from a biblical standpoint, you should do. Not them, though. Oh, no. They just ignore it and keep going. Do you realize how many people that would discount from the pulpit in this country? Hmm. Perhaps Bill Bright should also consider contemplating the warnings of God. Jeremiah 48.10, we already said this. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. It's a good verse. In 1975, Bill Bright formed a Mooney Front group called the Christian Freedom Foundation. Also funny came from the Moonies. This is another organization founded. Oh, great. Now let's talk about Paul Crouch. One of my favorites. Really one of my all-time favorites. Paul Crouch, founder and chairman of Trinity Broadcasting Network, one of the largest television evangelistic corporations. Paul Crouch is another who seems to shy away from the overall doctrine espoused on his Christian television network and appears to work for religious unification. All you got to do is turn on TVN. You see that Catholic priest up on the stage. I've seen it many times. Not because I sit, sit around and watch it. I can barely stomach it. But I do turn it on occasionally just to see how bad it's getting. He's usually got some priest up there. Benny Hinn looks like half a priest now anyway. What an abomination. But my people love to have it so, as the Bible says. Crouch is a constant source of unbiblical doctrines. So many, we don't even have the time nor the space to list them all. That would be a whole other teaching. However, the video by David Wergner, Hope for America, is an excellent source of film clips of Paul and Jan Crouch. Now, you want to see it out of the horse's mouth? Get this video. Hope for America by David Wegner, W-E-G-E-N-E-R, Hope for America. You put it in quotes on the internet, and I believe Cutting Edge probably has it, okay, if you want to get it from them. Uh, but yeah, go to that video clip so that you may see and hear them spout the most hideous unscriptural doctrines. Well, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus said it. As noted below, Paul Crouch has served on the Council, of Foreign, Council for Religious Freedom, which is established for the express purpose of raising funds for the illegal defense of Reverend Sung Young Moon when he was serving time for prison in tax for tax evasion. Now, here's another little thing that I sent out recently. That this has been 1998. Did you know, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting, paid Paul Crouch's gay lover, Enoch Lonnie Ford, $425,000 in hush money in 1998. Did you know that? TBN star preacher Benny Hinn was also quoted by the Los Angeles Times, which overheard him gossiping about Ford and Crouch's affair, this, this gay lover that, that Paul Crouch had. 
They overheard Benny Hinn gossiping about Ford Crouch's affair on, on a 1998 bus tour. Benny Hinn said Paul's defense, he said, Paul's defense, said Hinn, was that he was drunk. Wow, now that is biblical. So, Paul Crouch was drunk, and that was his defense why he had a homosexual affair with this gay black man that was 20 years his junior, 20 or 30, who was a drug addict and a pedophile, which we're going to see right now. Oh, that was... that. No, but, you know, that wouldn't disqualify him from ministry. No, he's just the head of the largest apostate Christian organization on the planet. But, you know, hey, come on, guys. Why can't we all just get along? This is from a, uh, I believe it's called The Independent. I, I have this, this article I can email you. I can give you the reference here. Now, this is from this secular source reporting on this in 1998. A holy fire breather is embroiled in a scandal over rumors of a homosexual affair. Meet televangelist Paul Crouch. Throughout his three-decade-long career as founder and president of the world's largest religious broadcasting company, Trinity Broadcasting Network, also known as TBN, Paul Crouch has earned a reputation for preaching about the wrath of God, even delivering holy death threats to his critics. He only, he only does these holy death threats because they're calling this man on the carpet and they're pointing out his sin. And he doesn't want to have any of that. He's above all that. Obviously. In 1981, he was quoted as saying, To hell with you, quote, Get out of the way. I say get out of God's way. Quit blocking God's bridges or God's going to shoot you if you don't. End of quote. Yet the allegations surfaced in reports by William Lobdell of the Los Angeles Times last weekend that Crouch had a gay tryst with a former employee. He stayed out of the public view, delegating his eldest son, Paul Crouch Jr., to appear in his place as the host of Behind the Scenes, a show that focuses on the activities within TBN. Crouch Jr. limited his discussion to an altogether different storm rocking the ministry, Hurricane Ivan, which was threatening TBN affiliates in the Caribbean. Of course, they're going to try to get the emphasis off themselves and onto this other. Meanwhile, the TBN issued a lengthy press release calling the gay sex allegations salacious and predicting that this storm will pass. Now, this was in 98, okay? Crouch's accuser is Enoch Lonnie Ford, a member, a former patient at the TBN-affiliated Drug Rehabilitation Center. He was a former patient at this drug rehab center, whom Crouch met in 1991 and later hired as his personal chauffeur. Oh, that's not a real good sign. While working for TBN, Ford compiled a lengthy rap sheet. While he was working there, he compiled a lengthy criminal rap sheet for crimes including cocaine possession and having sex with a 17-year-old boy. Oh, isn't that special? And an act that constitutes statutory rape in California. I don't mean to say that. I, a lot of this is tongue-in-cheek. I cannot help but be somewhat sarcastic about these devils that do these things. After Ford served a succession of prison terms, the TBN, then TBN, rehired him. After he served a succession of prison terms, after he was in the drug rehab program, after he had sex with a 17-year-old boy, after he got brought up on cocaine possession, they rehired him. You know, hey, come on, let's let bygones be bygones. And they provided him with a free apartment after they rehired him after these successive prison terms. And even lobbied a judge for leniency when he violated the terms of his parole. Well, you know, Paul Crouch was evidently sweet on this guy. He was pulling strings for him. What else could it be? 
Ford now claims that he and Crouch had sex in 1996, while Ford was a guest at the TBN-owned cabin at Lake Arrowhead, a woodsy Southern California resort area. In 1998, when TBN fired Ford and threatened to sue, the network offered Ford $425,000 in hush money. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were guilty of something, would you offer somebody $425,000 in hush money to get them off your back? Doesn't that make you look more guilty? Ford accepted the money, but he later then penned a manuscript about his affair with Crouch. And in 2003, threatened to make it public unless TBN paid him $10 million. 10 million! Oh, the price just went up. Crouch's lawyers are scrambling once again to keep Ford quiet. This time, by, requ by requesting a restraining order barring him from seeking a publisher. So, actually, no, th this is a, this article was from uh, at least 2003, 2004. So, $425,000, but then, you know, you got this gay black guy, Ronnie Ford, watching TBN saying, you know, that, that guy, he's got money. He could pay me off $10 million. He paid me 425000 but I need some more money. But if Crouch's legal and public relations strategy fails, he could lose his role at the helm of the evangelical Christian's most powerful instrument of global influence. A broadcast leviathan with 43 satellites and more than 10,000 cable and local affiliates worldwide. Crouch may also become a liability due to his political allies like Attorney General John Ashcroft. Oh, the one that destroyed Indianapolis Baptist Temple? What a man of God he is. His boyhood friend who benefited from TBN support during the heated 2002 confirmation fight. See, they're all yoked up with these politicians, all of them. The scandal could also jeopardize the careers of some of the world's most popular influential Pentecostal ministers. Oh, heaven forbid that. Who rely on TBN as a platform for their preaching and a lucrative marketing vehicle for their books and videos. Oh boy, what a shame that would be. So far, Crouch has vowed to remain in charge of TBN in order to answer, in order to quote, answer God's call. He was answering God's call, he would have stepped down a long time, he shouldn't have ever been there. Well, of course, God didn't put him there, so God let him be put there by the devil, is what it boils down to. Though there's no telling what will happen if Ford's memoirs make it into print, already the TBN has taken steps to preempt the memoirs released by personally discrediting Ford. It's, in its press release, TBN made certain to point out the history of his cr crime and drug abuse. Well then why in the world did you hire him as his personal chauffeur? Why did, you, why did you give him a free apartment once he got out of prison twice? He had sex with a 17-year-old boy, was brought up on cocaine charges, then you offered to pay him $425,000 in hush money? Oh, that doesn't make them look too guilty. Oh, no. Now let's talk about Dr. James Dobson. Dr. James Dobson, Focus of the Family. Dr. Dobson is a pediatrician, author, and publisher, head of Focus of the Family, a Christ-centric organization and magazine. If you, if you have not read Dr. Burns' excellent expose entitled Focus on the Family, Little Known Facts, end of quote, we encourage you to get it so you can read for yourself all the New Age, unbiblical, heretical statements that Dobson and his guests have uttered over the years. You know, Dobson and them supported uh, Harry Potter. Oh, he encouraged them. You to, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fantasy. It's, it's okay for Christians. There's actually some Christian themes in there, too. Witchcraft repackaged Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, Focus on the Family. We have already reported above on Moon-sponsored Council for National Policy, a group that is also tied to the Church of Scientology. That's, that's a good bedfellow you want to be yoked up with. Dr. James Dobson has been member of the CNP, 
this Council on National Policy, this mood organization, Congressman Woody Jenkins in 1981 gushed, quote, I predict that one day before the end of the century, the Council for National Policy will be so influential that no president, regardless of party or philosophy, will be able to ignore us or our concerns, or shut us out of the highest levels of government. Oh, that's what Jesus commanded us to do, to make sure that, we're, that we are in the highest levels of government, yoked up and influencing them through our money. That's what Jesus wanted us to do. In, in October 1999, George Bush addressed the Council for National Policy. Remember, the CMP is the Christian equivalent to the Council of Foreign Relations. Okay? This is a very serious matter indeed for a Christian leader to be part of this group. Birds of a feather flock together. Uh, therefore, if any Christian leader, including James Dobson, is a member of an Illuminist-based council, he or she is guilty of being partaker of their evil deeds. Which is what we talked about in 2 John 1, 10 and 11. You're being partaker of their evil deeds. Now, let's talk about Reverend Billy Graham. Dr. Kathy Burns have a, has a 780-page book entitled Billy Graham and His Friends. Okay, I will email you the link to this and a big expose about Billy Graham. We can look at all his fruit, too. We're going to look at a little bit of that now. To illustrate Dr. Graham's exceedingly numerous ties to the Illuminati, to single out the most infamous ties would be the most daunting task. However, Dr. Burns feels that Billy Graham was selected by the Illuminati back as 1942, and she's not the only one. This is, this is well-documented. He was selected back in 1942 to become the, the foremost holy man in America. This is a quote from that book. At the time, in 1946, no one in the Christian community knew that the world government had begun to build an icon that later would be accompanied by large masses of people. A holy man speaking for God. This was in reference to Billy Graham. Billy Graham was that icon that deliberately created holy man, offered to be offered to the masses of undiscerning people. But why should we be, be surprised? For Dr. Graham himself admitted he was an ecumenicist, not a fundamental Christian. Listen, this is a quote from him. In 1950, Billy Graham held a crusade in Boston. Listen, now this is what he was back in 1950. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Listen to what he says about the Unitarian Church, which is one of the most blasphemous churches that have ever roamed and, and been spawned of Satan. The Unitarian Church. Basically, Unitarians believe anything goes. Whatever. God is love. No, no, no barriers. No denomination. Come one. Come all. Come any way you want. And we'll accept you and we're not going to judge you. All totally any biblical. But this is what he said about the Unitarian Church in 1950. Quote, At that time, Protestantism, Protestantism, Protestantism in the United in the New England area was weak, due in part to theological differences within some denominations. The influence of Unitarian ideas in other denominations and the strength of the Roman Catholic Church. In spite of all that, a number of Roman Catholic priests and Unitarian clergy came to the meetings, evidently to Billy Graham's meetings, along with those from evangelical churches. With my limited evangelical background, this was a further expansion of my own ecumenical outlook. Isn't that special? One world religion, baby. I now begin to make friends among people from many different backgrounds and to develop a spiritual love for their clergy. 
Did you notice that over 50 years ago Graham had developed the spiritual love for the Unitarian clergy and the Roman Catholics when the Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what communion hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and Christ with Belial, which means the devil? Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you will be my children. But no, 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 we don't want to do that in America. Oh, no, no. We want to yoke up with them. So that we can become devils like they are. We can become twice the child of hell. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That's what we're talking about here. Further, Graham personally defines himself as holding an ecumenical outlook. New Age and New World Order authors... New World Order authors make it quite plain that the ecumenical movement, also known as the One Universal Church, is the most important organization designed specifically to unify all the world's religions. And then they have another article here, uh, Cutting Edge does, that totally confirms this. The ecumenical movement is a precursor to the One World Church of the Antichrist. There we go. That's, that's the ultimate purpose of all what we're talking about today. When I was sneaked into the members only seminar, and this is David Bay, when he was sneaked into the members only seminar at the Boston House of Theosophy, Theosophy is a, uh, basically like Luciferianism, Satanism, it's just repackaged. It was perpetuated um, really through Madame Blavatsky and then up through Alice Bailey, who were extreme occultists, Satanists, whatever you want to call them. But he was actually snuck into a meeting at the House of Theosophy. By the, um, and the New England director of this House of Philosophy boldly stated that the Roman Catholic Pope was leading the global spiritual drive to the global religion of the Antichrist. This is what this guy on the, in the know said at a private meeting that David Bay was snuck into. In fact, it's a fascinating account. I can email it to you about that. I mean, just fascinating. And what it does is, is it confirms so much of what we're talking about today. And when you can get confirmation from the other side, it's confirmation, okay? And it's, it, and it's very interesting because it lines up with the Bible. So... The Pope was leading the global spiritual drive to the global religion of Antichrist, known primarily as the ecumenical movement. This is the dream of Reverend Sung Young Moon and all his organizations. Thus, he must have been very pleased with Dr. Graham during the 1991 Gulf War, when President Bush asked him to come to the White House and lead the nation in prayer for the war that Bush had already declared to be a New World Order war. Listen, let's, let's listen to Dr. Graham's public remarks after he came out of this prayer service in which he prepared a short sermon. Now this is a quote after he came out of this prayer service. Quote, Perhaps out of this war will come a new peace, and as been stated by the President, a new world order. End of quote. Dr. Graham said this. Reverend Billy Graham. New world order. Wasn't that special? Dr. Graham financially plugged into the Illuminati one spot above Reverend Moon. But see, he's not really now, because he's really... Did he, is, is he, did he die? Or I'm, I know he's not in good health. Uh, he received much support from the Rockefeller groups, who in turn owed by Philip Roth, who's turned owed by Philip Rothschild. The Rothschild is the Rothschilds are the top. From what I've been, the information I've seen, they are the top, top, top Illuminati family in the world. They basically decide the price of gold and silver at the end of every day in London. 
Okay, we're talking the richest of the rich. Okay, but they couldn't have got there unless Satan, you know, deemed it. Of course, again, God's on the throne, but but the Lord's let this happen. Okay, they're not going to be there forever. Graham has also received reports support from the Vanderbilts, the Whitleys, the Goulds, the Dodges, the Phelps, and even Standard Oil Company, another Rockefeller connection. These are the, some of the top Illuminati families in the world. Why would they be giving money to, if he was a supposed real man of God? Remember, the disinformation agents give 75 to 90% good information. I've heard Billy Graham preach spot on perfect a few times. Or at least I was impressed, I should say. But what else is he doing? What else is he saying behind the scenes? What else is he... What is he doing in his crusades? Is he, is he referring people to godly, non-501c3, King James only churches? No. If you're Catholic, you go back to your Catholic church. That's okay. He's doing that. I'm telling you. He's got Catholic guys sitting with him on the podium. Just like TBN. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that I heard him preach spot on perfect. As far as the salvation message goes, at the time when I heard it, it seemed fine. But then again, there was a lot of other things that were probably left out. Again, it's not so much what he was saying as what he wasn't saying. So I don't want to give him that much credit either. Again, 1982, Billy Graham received the Illuminati Templeton Award, just like Bill Bright did. Even though Templeton is a pantheist and Illuminati member through and through, a man that does not believe in either the Bible or Jesus Christ as God, Graham praised him greatly. What did Graham say about him? Here's the quote. This is what he said about Templeton. Quote, truly a legend in our, in our time. John Templeton understands that the real measure of a person's success in life is not financial accomplishment, but moral integrity and inner character. This is Graham's quote about this, this, this Illuminati devil. In this book, he draws upon a variety of sources, including the Bible, to reveal the moral and spiritual principles which have shaped his own life and work. End of quote by Billy Graham. This is how he's praising, well, hey, got a million bucks. You get the Templeton Award, you get a million bucks. Love money's the root of all evil. They honor their own. John Templeton then tells us exactly what he considers a variety of sources upon which he's built his life. This is a quote from John Templeton. The basic principles for life, for leading a sublime life, may be derived from any religious training. Jewish, any religious training. Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and others, as well as Christian. That's what John Templeton, he's a real man of God, you know, but he said that quote. Clearly, and I, again, it's all tongue-in-cheek what I'm saying here. Clearly, Billy Graham is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now let's talk about Reverend D. James Kennedy. Founder and pastor of Coral Ridge Ministries, outspoken televangelist and author of the best-selling method of leading people to Jesus Christ, known as Evangelism Explosion. Dr. Kennedy is one of the evangelical members of the, of the Council of National Policy, a major moon front group, founded in 1981 by Tim, Timothy LaHaye, as we've already noted. Fundamentalists have increasingly been dismayed at Dr. Kennedy's steady swerve to the liberal side of the spectrum, including his refusal to expose the existence of the Illuminati conspiracy in America. Dr. Kennedy also enlisted gay writer Mel White to ghostwrite some of his books. A lot of these guys have enlisted what they call ghostwriters to write their books. Talk about being led of the Holy Spirit to, to, to write something. They, they, they pay gay ghostwriters to write their books? I got a, I have a whole email that documents this thing on the gay, these, these gay ghostwriters that are writing these supposed Christian books for these, for these devils in the pulpits. 
Dr. G. James Kennedy was an apostle, was, was in the apostate camp early on. Listen, this is a quote from him. In 1984, Reverend Moon was arrested for his illegal business activities. The Moonies formed the Coalition for Religious Freedom, a front for the defense of Reverend Moon. LaHaye, Falwell, Ben Armstrong, Robison, Humbert, and James Kennedy were on the executive board. Paul Crouch and Hal Lindsey also joined in 1986. Let's talk about now about Beverly LaHaye, wife of Tim LaHaye, author and spokeswoman for several moon-funded Christian organizations, especially Concerned Women for America. Moon-funded, they're getting money from them. She too has been a public speaker for the moon functions. She's, she's been a public speaker for his functions. Another group is Women's Federation for World Peace, also headed by Beverly LaHaye and the recipient and recipient of Moon's funding, Reverend Moon's funding. The revelation is tough for me. Now, this is David Bay. This revelation is tough for me to swallow, for I have used concerned women for America a lot, especially in terms of anti-abortion views and news, and in, in criticisms of President Bush following a gay policy as rabid as Clinton's. However, good disinformation specialists will give mostly good information as we have repeatedly stated. See, that's why you say, well, this organization's always stood for this and this and this, and some of the things they stand for are really good. But that's what good disinformation uh, organizations do. That's how they get you lured in. They're good at what they do. The devil's good at what he does. Let's talk about Ralph Reed former director of the Christian Coalition and member of the conservative think tank Heritage Fund. Falwell, I, I believe and that had to do with Jerry Falwell. Falwell is not the only evangelical reported to accept money from Reverend Moon. Other notable speaker for Moon's organizations and the affairs receiving as much as $80,000 to $150,000 have included Ralph Reed, Beverly LaHaye, Gary Bauer, and Robert Schuler. And again, this is, these are all from reference sources here. Now let's talk about Pat Robertson, television evangelist, founder of the Christian Broadcasting Network and the 700 Club, founder of the Operation Blessing, one-time Republican Party presidential candidate, religious, national religious broadcasters member, include Pat Robertson, Jerry Falwell, Tim LaHaye, Billy Graham, and Bill Bright, and many others clearly associated with Reverend Moon. Uh, quote, in 1983, American Coalition for Traditional Values began with Tim LaHaye, Falwell, Robertson, Pat Robinson, Baker, and Humbert. The money then started. The money that started it came from the Moonies, from Reverend Moon. Robinson has also used the 700 Club as a forum to expound the New World Order views. He had a ghostwriter write a book entitled "Quote the New World Order," and then had Newt Gingrich and Jesse Helms on his program to expound this coming Antichrist system. Oh, great! Robinson had exercised a large influence on politics. So much so that he had been besmudged by its dirty laundry. He was a heavy supporter of President Ronald Reagan, especially during the Operation Contra, at which time he had on the Illuminati Illuminist, Ollie North, on his program consistently. And again, everything I'm reading you here is referenced. Pat Robinson is one of several leading evangelical leaders who used the services of Mel White to ghostwrite books. This gay Mel, Mel White guy, he also used him to ghostwrite books. Great. That's real biblical. Robinson is also endorsed the blatantly New Age Alpha Course, whose stated purpose is ecumenicism, drawing together of both the Protestants and the Catholics, focusing only on the common ground. That's all they focus on, common ground. Its philosophy is New Age, leading directly to the One World Church. Listen, quote, 
it promotes humanism, ecumenicism, this is the Alpha Course, humanism, ecumenicism, I don't even know how to say this word, charismaticism, which is tongue-speaking, Toronto blessing stuff. Conversion is mentioned, but it is conversion to a Christian lifestyle, not conversion to Jesus Christ. More so it would be conversion like, well, if you can speak in tongues, then you're converted. Then, you have, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You can still be living like the devil as long as you're speaking in tongues. Now, you know the witches do this too. The witches speak in tongues. That is why it's so easy for witches to go into charismatic churches and infiltrate them. Because they just go in there and they, they speak their demonic tongues and they're putting curses on everybody and nobody knows the better. Okay, so other evangelical leaders who have promoted this, uh, this Alpha Course, are Chuck Colson, Bill Bright, Tony Camp- Campolo, uh, Cardinal William H. Keeler of Baltimore, he's a Catholic, Jack Hayford, Richard Foster, Bill Hybels, Louis Palau, David Young E. Cho, Billy Graham, Paul Cedar, Robert Schuller, and Leeton Ford. Billy Graham's brother-in-law and former vice president of the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. That was, I guess, Leeton Ford. Can you see how all faiths of the world are gradually being drawn together to form the One World Church of the Antichrist? These evangelical leaders, many of whom are tied into Reverend Sun Young Moon, are leading their flocks directly into the Antichrist system. Let's talk about now Reverend James Robison. Robison. TV evangelist, Life Outreach International Ministries. I had an email the other day. They said, is he, is he bad too? And I, I emailed this, this gigantic email about this guy. You can, you can find information on every one of these guys. All, the, all their uh, cultic uh, ties and all these things, it's unbelievable. But he's, he, this man's also associated with many of the Moon's organizations. This evangelical leader is a member of the Council of National Policy and the Coalition for Religious Freedom. These are organizations we've talked about, both of which are tied tightly into Reverend Moon. Since we have not addressed the Coalition for Religious Freedom, let us stop here and do that now. Uh, another past Moon organization was the Coalition for Religious Freedom, where again, Tim LaHaye held a paid position as the chairman. It was formed by LaHaye after Moon was arrested for tax evasion. Jerry Falwell, James Robeson, James Kennedy, and Rex Humbert have all served on the executive committee as executive committee members. Other notables to serve in the Moon's CRF include Hal Lindsey, author of The Late Great Planet Earth, Paul Crouch, head of Trinity Broadcasting, and D. James Kennedy and Don Wildman, to name a few. CFR President Don Sills admits that the CFR has received no less than $500,000 from Moon's, from Moon's organizations. Five hundred grand. Another Moon Association associated group is called the Council of 56 of, religious, of the Religious Roundtable. Oh, that's a nice sound. It kind of sounds like the Rhodes Roundtable of the Illuminati. The Council of 56 of the Religious Roundtable. This is another Moon organization. He's got, he's got his fingers in everything. This group is made up of many of the same members from Reverend Moon's uh, Council for National Policy and uh, CRF organizations. It marries the leading Reverend Moon Associated Evangelicals to the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. It marries them to that. And the Council of Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and Freemasonry. Yeah. The CFR and the TL- TLC are 
closely tied, this is the Trilateral Commission, are closely tied to the Bilderberg Group. Reverend Robeson is a member of the Round Table, as are many of the evangelical leaders already mentioned. So you have to come to terms with this is evil of the highest magnitude that's going on here. That these men are not just a little bit deceived, that they're put there by Satan to deceive the masses. This is the earmark of this age that Jesus said, Be not deceived, be not deceived. If it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. We're warned about this. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 Phyllis Schlafly. She's a Christian political activist. Phyllis is also a member of the Council for National Policy, which has heavy moon ties. Doc... uh, ties to Reverend Moon. Then Dr. Robert Schuler, pastor and televangelist from the various Crystal Cathedral in Southern California. He's a 33rd degree Freemason. He's um, he's there to further Templeton's New Age unification principles and teachings were introduced dramatically into the Christian mainstream by Robert Schuler in 1986. He's, he's introducing this Templeton guy that gave the Templeton Prize, this pantheist pagan he introduced his teachings in 1986 and continues to endorse the man and his doctrines. Schuler also promotes, promotes and fellowships with other false cults besides even Islam. For instance, Schuler has appeared as the main speaker for the Unity School of Christianity's New Age Annual Conference, ridiculing evangelical Christianity at the Unification Church functions by... Um, ridiculing evangelical Christianity at Unification Church functions with Sung Young Moon. He was ridiculing Christianity. Along with Billy Graham, Schuler teaches there are many paths to God other than Jesus Christ. Schuler's mentor was 33rd degree Freemason Norman Vincent Peale and teaches there's no need for anyone to recognize their own personal sin, no need for repentance, and no need for the crucifixion of self. He reinterprets what it means to be born again. He writes, to be born again, quote, to be born again means we must be changed from a negative to a positive self-image. What new age drivel. All that will do is get you straight to hell. From infer, and then quote, continuing this quote, from inferiority to self-esteem, from fear to love, from doubt to trust. Oh, the gospel according to Robert Schuller. Robert Schuler has also spoken at highly visible moon-sponsored events, along with Ralph Reed of the Christian Coalition, Beverly LaHaye of Concerned Women for America, and Pat Boone. And this was all reported in the Washington Post, July 30th, 1996. Now let's talk about President George W. Bush. Even though he is not pictured above, he is considered the de facto leader of the evangelical Christian right. Now, I'm not saying he's really considered that now. This report was written a few years ago when he was more popular. Now he's got, at the time, I think they said he had a 60% approval rating. Now he's got like a 15. Okay, But he's being discredited all by design, and that's a whole other story. But there is, it's, it's worth talking about, though. Uh, this is a news brief from Washington Post staff writers. Religious right finds its center in the Oval Office. Now this is what the Washington Post says. Bush emerges as the movement's leader after Robinson... Pat Robertson leaves the Christian coalition. So they're basically saying, you know, oh, Bush is our leader. Pat Robertson's resignation this month as the president of the Christian coalition confirmed the ascendance of the new leader of the religious right in America, George W. Bush. Oh, what a stinking abomination. I can't... <laughs> oh. But it's appropriate. It, it is appropriate. From, from, a, from a satanic standpoint, it's very appropriate. 
For the first time since religious conservatives became a modern political movement, the President of the United States has become the movement's de facto leader. Christian publications, radio, and television shower the President with praise, while preachers from the pulpit treat his leadership as an act of providence. A procession of religious leaders who have met with him to testify of his faith, while the websites encourage people to pray and fast for the President. We encourage you to read its news... 1596, this is a link you can click on in this organization, in this article. Um, they're saying, to read this thoroughly for its importance to today's reality is exceedingly important. President Bush has been declared the leader of the religious right. The rest of the world also considers Bush to be the leader of the Christian religious right. But you have to ask, does he have any connections with Reverend Sung Young Moon, President Bush? Consider the following news stories. Women's Federation for World Peace. Now this is the one that Beverly LaHaye, I believe, heads up. Former President Bush Sr. and one-time former CIA director received an undisclosed amount for speaking engagements from this organization. This is unbelievable. And his fee is somewhere in the $13.5 million range. Conference, conference expense line according to IRS records. This is according to the IRS. He was getting $13.5 million from the Women's Federation for World Peace, which is funded by the Moon's organization? This is, now, this is former President George Bush Sr. Wow, that's a lot of money. The Washington Times Foundation, uh, now that is, that is the Bush paper, they, uh, the Moon, Moon's uh, newspaper, the Washington Times Foundation, a pro-Bush inaugural luncheon held in Washington, D.C., was sponsored by the Washington Times Foundation, another moon-founded group. Among the attendees were Paul Crouch, Robert Schuler, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Falwell, Don Argue, past president of the National Association of Evangelicals, Pat Boone, Billy McCormick, a Christian Coalition board member who actually presented President Moon with a board, and Southern Baptist Convention President James Merritt. Wow. Now this was a pro-Bush inaugural luncheon. All this was done there under that same guise. Southern Baptist Convention President James Merritt. Wow, we got everybody participating now. Everybody's yoked up with this devil, it seems like. Just about, I mean, in, in the modern mainstream apostate Christianity. <clears throat> Here's another quote. This is from Unholy Alliance, part four. While not many Christian leaders may have realized it at the time, Moon sponsored George W. Bush's inaugural prayer luncheon for unity and renewal on January 19th. More than 1,400 ministers, civic and political leaders, attended the event. Southern Baptist uh, Executive Committee President and its chief executive officer, Morse H. Chapman, told Baptist Press, quote, I was shocked to see that Sung Young Moon was on the program and, and in essence was the host. Now this is a guy that was shocked within the Southern Baptist, but then we had another guy, the, the head, the president of Southern Baptist, actually was there and to honor him. The experience will serve to remind evangelical Christians that the world increasingly is filled with wolves in sheep's clothing. Now what happens to a believe a lot of people is they get invited to one of these events and they don't really know exactly what they're getting into. And they get in there and they look around and they see all these men of God that, that they think are men of God that they admire. And then they see this devil up there who these men are pointing to. 
and they have, and, they, and normally they would say, no, he's a devil. But when they see all these other men who they've put their trust in, saying, no, no, he's a man of God, he's okay. Then it starts to change their thinking process. This is how it happens. And then they go home and they start influencing their people. We have already spoken of disinformation agents, a term commonly used in the intelligence field to describe an agent who is sown in the target country and is designed to look like, act like, and sound like a normal citizen or patron of that country. Such agents will provide 75 to 90% good information to their target audience in order to build up credibility and believability, but during the time of most critical, but during the time of the most critical moment, they will provide disinformation that is designed to target those people to lose the battle and or the war. Well, this is in kind of militaristic terms. It seems that these evangelical Christians who have taught, who have tight ties to the Illuminati and or Reverend Sun Young Moon may be considered disinformation specialists. This means they will provide good, solid Christian information, perhaps even 95% um, good information in order to establish a rapport and the trust of their followers. However, at the right moment or for the right issue, they will then toe the line and take the position the Illuminati wants them to take. This is after you've already put your trust in them. So, they go on here. I'm not going to get into all this. This goes on and they, and they start citing examples of guys like Gary Bauer, Bill Bright, D. James Kennedy, Dr. James Dobson, Billy Graham, Beverly LaHaye, Ralph Reed, Pat Robertson, Robert Schuller. And they, they start talking about that in regard to their stance on the Iraqi war and their ties to President Bush and things of that nature. Um, this teaching's already gone pretty long. But suffice it to say, I can email you this article. The ties are there, and it's just more confirmation that they are moving in that direction. In conclusion, as you will see, many of the evangelical Christian leaders who are tied to Reverend Sun Young Moon or some other Illuminati organization are predominantly in favor of President Bush's war in Iraq. This is so very typical of a disinformation specialist. Even though they disseminate an exceedingly high percentage of truth, on or near an issue dear, near and dear to the Illuminati, they will fall in line with the Illuminati. They're just using Iraq as one example, okay? When the Antichrist arises, the need for credible, religious, disinformation specialists will be at a historic all-time high. At the very moment when the Antichrist is making his claim to be Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah, Buddha return, Muhammad return, and Maitreya the Christ, all in one person, the opinion of the peoples of the world will be hanging in the balance. The situation may be thought of as the time when the Battle of Normandy or the Battle of Stalingrad hung in the balance. At the right moment, hum hundreds, this is so important, at the right moment, hundreds of pre-selected religious figures from every religion on the earth will step forward to publicly urge their followers to accept the claims of the Christ who will actually be the Antichrist. Certainly pre-selected Christian leaders will then be primed to step forward to urge Christians to follow the Antichrist to accept his claims that he is Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what this is all about. This is what this whole teaching about today. I said all that to say that. Okay? Because that's what it really boils down to. This is where the rubber was going to finally meet the road. And if you're deceived now, don't think you're not going to be mega deceived when all this happens. When the great line signs and wonders come with that you can't explain. But the Bible says he was going to come that way. Since few of the Christians who follow one or more of these evangelical leaders have been taught any discernment, 
and fewer still have a clear understanding of prophecy, the chances seem excellent that many millions will follow the lead of their evangelical religious icons and accept the claims of Antichrist. But even more importantly, how many Christian pastors and leaders who have swallowed the mass media propaganda campaign about Bush or one or more or one or more of these evangelical leaders will be persuaded to set their knowledge of the Bible and prophecy and doctrine aside and will encourage their followers to accept the claims of this false Christ. And again, I would encourage you to to listen to my teaching on uh Lord Maitreya, the Ascended Masters, and the in, in the Antichrist, because this ties heavily into that. This is more, this is more talking about the religious leaders of this day, but that's talking about the actual, most likely the Antichrist and his arise, arisal in power. The political factor. One more factor needs to be addressed. Not many Christians see their favorite evangelical leader urging them to accept the Antichrist. They they may also see their favorite politician make the same plea. Since the world has already been reorganized into the prophesized ten-nation consortium, and they have an article that explains this, the U.S. president is likely to be the head of Nation One, which will be at that time called the North American Union, which is what we're moving toward, which is what we've been talking about. This North American Union. The world is going to be divided into ten regions. Okay, The North American Union, which is going to be Canada, Mexico, and America, is going to be Region One. Okay? Well, wasn't there like ten kingdoms in Daniel? Ten toes of Daniel? Huh. And they're each going to have their own king? Huh. Imagine that. Let's read it. Revelation 17, 17. And again, I'm not going to get into a detailed study on this. I'm just going to touch on this because we're, we're already... We're already about over two and a half hours right now. Revelation 17, 17 says, For God hath put to their hearts to fulfill His will and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast. Under the words, God shall be fulfilled. Now, again, this is, this is in reference... These are, the, these are the ten final kingdoms that are in reference to. If you want to read more about the, the uh, ten kingdoms and the ten toes of Daniel, you've got to go to Daniel and look at that. And I, and I don't have time right now to get into that. But they're going to... They're going to surrender their power unto the beast. And then the words of God will be fulfilled. Okay, because this is all biblically prophesied, all this stuff. Thus the head of the North American Union will stand, and now whether that's George Bush or whether it's some Hillary Clinton, I don't know. Okay, what a, what a pleasant thought that would be. Thus the head of the North American Union will stand on the podium with Antichrist and the rest, and the rest of the other nine kings, because he's going to be the tenth to publicly praise the Antichrist and transfer their allegiance and authority to him. That's how this is all going to turn out, guys. Biblically speaking, this is what we're looking at. So don't let it get you down. If this, oh, it's just a present, yeah, consider it joy. I mean, tribulation work of patience. Count on all joy when you suffer persecutions, when you, you know, Realize you're, you're living in the most pivotal time the planet has ever known. God has chosen you to live in this time. God has preordained you to live in this time. It's actually an honor and a privilege if you think about it. And if you know the truth in this time of the most greatest deception that has ever taken place on the planet, praise the Lord, you're, you're, you're among some of the privileged few. Okay, doesn't mean you're better. Doesn't mean I think I'm better. But praise God, you do know the truth. 
Because the Bible says if you continue in my word, and Jesus said this, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you're not going to be in bondage, you're going to be free. Okay? You may have, I don't know what we're going to have to suffer, but the, the point is, is you want to be living in truth. You don't want to be in the end time strong delusion. You don't want to be part of that. So, this head of the North American Union is going to stand on the podium with the Antichrist and the rest of the Ten Kings to publicly praise him and transfer their allegiance authority under the Antichrist. If President Bush is still the President of the United States at that time, then it will be he who will praise the Antichrist, transfer his allegiance to him, and urge all fellow Americans to do the same. Therefore, American Christians will be under the double whammy. Their favorite religious evangelical leader and the admired President of the United States will both be urging people to accept the Antichrist. Now, he's not too admired right now. But, I'm, but at the time this article was written, he was more. Can you imagine? The president, oh, our Christian president, and all my favorite religious leaders who I, who I tune in for every day on TV and give all my money to? They're both telling me that this guy's le legit? Well, yeah, it doesn't line up with what I ever learned in the Bible, but, you know, hey, I'm putting my trust in man. They must be right. They, they're, they're, they're men of God, right? They, they know. President Bush is a born-again Christian. Give me a break. How many Christian leaders and pastors will succumb to this double whammy and forget their knowledge of the Bible doctrine and prophecy and accept Antichrist as Jesus Christ is returned? For will possibly even the very elect will be deceived. You may scoff at this suggestion, but I warn you that when the Antichrist appears, he will seem very normal, charismatic, and appealing. He will, he will be exuding charm. It'll be char he will charm them all right from a witchcraft standpoint. The Bible says it will cause craft to prosper. Witchcraft. Which is really ultimately the one world religion of the Antichrist. Witchcraft. Craft. All of your expectations as to how matters will be at this time will be absolutely wrong. If you're following a man instead of the Bible, you will be deceived. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. I do praise you, Lord God, that you've allowed us, allowed myself, Lord God, to present another teaching in regard to these matters that, in the times that we're moving into. I pray, Lord God, that your name be glorified through these teachings. I pray, God, that you raise up an army. Lord God, that would set forth truth worldwide, God. That this truth would go forth and that Satan would not be able to stop it. Lord God, the truth will set us free. And I just pray that your name be glorified in regard to exposing of this evil, God. That many would see in fear and declare the work of God. That they would wisely consider of your doing. I pray, God, that these that are deceived... These people, Lord God, of your remnant that are even deceived, I pray to God you'd, you'd give them eyes that they could see, and hearts to receive, and ears to hear, God. And that you do whatever it takes, Lord God, to wake them up. And that they would be salt and light in this world. And that they would make a difference, God. That your name would be glorified, that many would be saved. 
We humble ourselves before you, Lord God, and I just pray that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form, God, that you would cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that there would be nothing that would hinder our prayers, and that if there are things in our lives, God, that are hindering our prayers to you, in any way, shape, or form, or hindering our walk with you, that you would point those things out, Lord God, and that we would be obedient, for you said in your word, obedience is better than sacrifice, and that we would humble ourselves under the almighty hand of God, and submit to your will, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ. I do pray, God, that you bless the body of Christ in the name of Jesus Christ, and that you use them mightily for your glory. We love you, Lord God. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.